0: Hey everyone, we are back. I sounded a bit like Tom Holland then a Spider-Man, didn't Just it? a tad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello everyone, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm Xander. I'm back with another Xander's film or movie podcast. I think it's called Movie Podcast. <laughs> I think it's Xander's movie podcast. I'm movie pretty podcast. Sure it's movie's podcast. Yeah, um, I am here and as you can tell, I'm not the only voice in the room this week. I am joined by my really good friend and up-and-coming film uh, director, I say up and coming, you've done a short, fi- a, short done a video. I've done a short film and a music video, and I have helped on corporate films. There you go. This is my good friend, David French. Hello, David. Hi there. I'm going to um, get some applause in. I'm not going to do that in the edit. That sounds like a lot of them. <laughs> um, so, we've got some news for you today, and we've got something very special planned. Um, we... Have done a short marathon. We've we're going to do this marathon in two little bite-sized pieces because they're all very long. Um, Well, the first like few aren't that long. It's just like the the next half is like two and a half hours to three hours. Yeah, we should probably tell people what's going on. We are (laughs) doing a Tarantino binge of uh, all of Quentin Tarantino's films in preparation for the new one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that comes out next week, and we will review that here on the podcast next week together. So you're here for a good two-parter oh god <laughs> so we'll be talking about those um, a little bit later yeah. but first shall we do a quick rundown of the news might as well this week so um, news broke. I think this was yesterday. Today, uh, I think it was today. Um, Home Alone and Night at the Museum remakes are in the works. Yeah, that Disney. was just a few hours ago that I read that, and I was just yeah. I'm so baffled by the fact that they're remaking such a classic, and then Night at the Museum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Home Alone. They've tried to do Home Alone since the original. They, they did do Home Alone four, didn't they? Scarlett Johansson was in three, I think. I remember that because she. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, they've done four Home Alone and that none of them are as good as the first one i mean the second one's second one's okay very close yeah the second yeah. one is an absolute classic like that's the one that you watch at christmas you don't watch the first one because you kind of forget the first one exists the second one is like you you game in new york you game going around time you get donald trump you do get donald, you get donald, trump. donald trump for you a, seat, for a shot trump. like for no reason other than he had a lot of money yeah and so like screw it might as well have him fair enough uh so, yeah, we're, we're against this, aren't we? We don't really see the point. <laughs> I mean, uh, can't, not necessarily the point with Night in the Museum, but considering the third one was Robin Williams' wow. last movie, which is obviously very close to everybody's hearts because he was an absolute an absolutely amazing actor. Rest in peace. He was I, I don't think those incredible. movies even made that much money. I mean, they made enough to make sequels because they made three of them. The, and the second one was definitely better than the first. I don't think the third one was, was I, as good. I only saw the first one. Oh, mate! You, you need to watch you need to binge <laughs> the entire trilogy. That's that's the only way you can become a proper fan. I am not going to do that. The <laughs> next one, uh, this got announced yesterday. Uh, Venom Two is being directed officially by Andy Circus, who is the acclaimed actor of who does like you know the does like, a lot of voice motion acting, motion capture like yeah. Gollum and Snoke and. Other one things. of the monkeys from Planet of the Apes. He did Planet of the Apes, yeah. Is it Caesar who did? It is Caesar, yeah, he did? It's Caesar, He did Caesar, main right. One. I can't remember whether it was Caesar or the really old one who's always grumpy. He did the main one. I haven't seen the third one, actually. Um real, real good. It's real good. Yeah, Venom 2. Do you, do you want this? I mean, I... I enjoyed Venom well I have a small story about Venom because I, I went to go and see it with my, one of my other friends and you wait you have other friends I know it's, it's amazing isn't it what's going on I don't know anyway continue yeah, so when I, well, I went to go and see it because um, I took him to go and see Behemoth Rhapsody so we owed each other a movie <laughs> that was it so um, he took me to go and see Venom and what happened was we somehow got given the ticket for the right screen we were asked for but we were sent to the screen that was started an hour before so we got in oh, and literally you know the like this is gonna be spoilers by the way it's a, it's old it's fine i mean it's literally it's a year, a year old. old but um basically what happens is tom hardy's going into the like facility and he sees his homeless friend is being tested on with the symbiotes or symbiotes yes. as they say in the entire movie which really annoyed me <laughs> just the word symbiotes just sounds symbiotes. weird it does not roll off a song no it does does it no. but yeah um so it caught up to that point and we sat there just like thinking what on earth is going on where was the build up how much of this movie have we missed because we've, we've got to be like five minutes late right yeah and then we got out and we found out we were an hour late because we only watched an hour of the movie we watched all of the good bits and they weren't even that good <laughs> so we then proceeded we went and told him and they were just like right somebody else had this problem as well the guy <laughs> went in just after you and um, wow. so basically what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go into the other screen if you want to see the rest of the movie. If you don't, you, you can get a refund if, if need be. And then we're just like, ah, might as well just go and see the rest of the movie. So we watched it so one and a half, and half times. times. My God. <laughs> so we literally, it, it was kind of Pulp Fiction style. We watched <laughs> the ending first. Wow. Thank I know, right? But yeah, it was a pretty pretty mad like time but the thing is i feel like i enjoyed it more because of that like i knew what was coming with the ending and everything so you i got, just got you s- got the best part of the film i got the best part of the and film then? at the start like there was some fun moments i f- I think that they could have done because they were originally gonna be doing it r-rated weren't they yeah the, that's because they, it was promised. they, they, they promised announced them. it as an r-rated movie and i was like yes this yeah. is this is gonna clearly, be amazing it was, it was, was clearly clear, shot, shot for R rated, but then and they then they just it. edited out all of the go like he eats a guy's head he eats guys heads yeah he rips it. people apart but you don't see anything Dude, like see anything. a guy literally s- slices an entire office in half but you don't yeah. see anything from don't that don't see anything and then there's also the the fight scene at the end that is just it's, darkness uh, by the way my thoughts on this movie It's trash. I I think it's okay. You've watched it so many times. I've hate watched this movie like four times. (laughs) You bought it on iTunes when it got I bought it on iTunes. I was like, "Why did you buy this? You knew that you hate it." It was like so I can hate it more, David. Honestly, it's it's real bad. If you haven't, but to be fair, I think the second one could be better. I think the second one will be better because yes. it's not got a comedy director. Because it was, it was Robin Fleischer, Ruben, Ruben Fleischer, Fleischer. Uh, who directed the original Zombieland is, and is directing the upcoming Zombieland 2, yes. which I'm very excited for. Yes. But um, he also directed 30 Minutes or Less, and that wasn't very good. That wasn't very good. And obviously, like Venom wasn't his fault. He didn't write it, he didn't, he didn't have creative control, yada yada. No. But I think with Venom 2, they are going to be able to do a much better job. Because they're going to have Venom and Carnage, which Carnage is a big character. Played by Woody Harrelson. But that, in that wig... In the worst wig. That wig... In the worst Is wig. the worst thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life, and I love it more than anything in my life. So, Venom 2. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Andy Serkis, though. He's only directed two movies. It was like... A, Weren't they both very a, good, though? A movie called Breathe, which was sort of middling, and that Mowgli movie, which was the Netflix Jungle Book, which was also middling. So I mean, those don't seem like they have a like a big budget though. Like Venom Two the, will have a mo, huge budget. It'll have bare mo, it's all like. CGI. It was all, it was a CGI Jungle Book. A full so wasn't wasn't the Jungle Book a full CGI Jungle exactly. Book? Exactly. Exactly. Why did books? they make two? By the way, <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows the answer to your question. Oh jeez. Right. Uh, the next one, Christopher Nolan's trailer for Tenet, this new film. It's only getting shown in cinemas. Because why? Christopher Nolan hates I, I, online. Immediately, you've got to admit though, people have already filmed that and put it online. No, you, no, you know. apparently not. Apparently, it's mm. been taken down straight away. Immediately? Why? I want like I can't be bothered going and see Hobbs and Shaw in cinema. I see, I went to see Hobbs and Shaw. It's not attached to that. I don't know what it's attached to. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I read something like it was attached to something like Hobbs and Shaw. Like, uh. why are you showing it just in similar? Like, I, I get you don't like like online. He and everything likes like the, like the, then the again, lovely like Martin S- Scorsese cinema. is doing a full Netflix movie with the biggest budget, e- like the biggest Netflix budget ever. Should we talk about that now? Well, I think that's the next news story, it isn't is. it? It is the it its wow. The Irishman got a trailer. Um, what, have you, did you seen it? I saw the trailer. I didn't like the trailer, but I'm still going to watch the movie. See, I'm a big... Big fan of Scorsese's, like, Mafia and Hitman movies and all that. I love Casino. I absolutely adore Goodfellas. Yeah. And this has, like the all-star cast for a mafia it's got like Robert De Niro Al Pacino Joe Pesci Joe it's Pesci. got all of them it's got all of the classics has, that yeah. you immediately think of when you think gangsters because you yeah. think of Scarface you think of Goodfellas all I'm hoping is that Ray Liotta just comes out of nowhere and starts <laughs> talking to the camera <laughs> for no reason for one shot in the movie you know like in Mission Impossible 3 when he randomly turns to the camera and just says Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall the, and they do it no other time in the entire series I don't remember that you don't it, oh it's so no. funny I can't it, his way of scaling the wall to get into the play, I don't know where he's getting into I can't remember. Uh, but he scales the wall, lies down on it, and then just turns to the camera and goes, Humpty Dumpty set on a wall. And that's it. That's the only four-four break in the entire series, I think, except for maybe two. But two doesn't count because the two is trash. Wow, okay then. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Irishman trailer. It, it, it's Quentin Neville, which worries worth. me a little bit. I mean, it, it does have a really, like... Good, bad history of production and everything, just does. because nowadays that kind of film will not like take off. Because in the 80s they were huge, I think it could take off a bit because of Legend with um, Tom Hardy playing both Cray twins. Because like that was wait, 2015, what? wasn't it? What are you talking about now? What are you talking like, about? Gangster films, oh, okay. gangster films. Because that's what are you, it talking is. About, are you talking about Netflix films, I was no. like, like, I was talking like, that was wait, a Netflix that, film? Because that's how like. it's got it's not got as big it's got a huge budget yeah but it hasn't gotten as much attention by studios because they don't think that gangster films will take off very well yeah I guess because they won't make enough money because fair enough not everybody's into gangster films everybody's into horror films nowadays that's the that's the mainstream everybody wants to watch a new horror film that's why Ip Chapter 2 is going to do amazingly that's why Blumhouse is so successful. Well, Blumhouse do, has a really interesting way of making films. I don't know. Yeah, they make micro. They make a films. really a, a tiny budget film and, and get then, millions off it. Well, they, yeah, they make like five million dollar films, but then opening weekend they make like twenty million. And then they make a twenty million dollar film, and it makes like ten like ten million in the opening weekend, and that's it. Yeah. So they just fund their big projects with the tiny films, and that's. It's the most interesting way to ever. Yeah, I was I looking at it, and they spent. I remember uh, you telling me about they that. They spent like a hundred million dollars, and they made like nine hundred. Exactly, like it is insane yeah, how they made a lot of money. They are probably the smartest production company of all. Like Jason Blum is a genius. He really is. Like, he, obviously, not all of their films are good. No. Not always going to be good, but most of them are pretty damn good. Yeah, and not all of them are horror. Weirdly, like Upgrade, Upgrade is Blumhouse. That's not horror. That's an action film. It's kind it's of thriller. horror. It's thriller. It's kind of horror. It's more thriller it's than There's body horror. horror elements. Yeah, but that's just gore, isn't it? Like, you can have gore in an action film. Look at Deadpool. Yeah, I guess. Look at Hellboy. That's not a horror film at all. <laughs> that's a comedy. <laughs> if anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. That was the news. Should we talk about some Tarantino films, then? Uh, maybe, considering that's the theme for this week. Yes, it is. You're correct. So, let's... Uh, so, starting off, we, we watched all these that's in uh, release order. Yeah. So let's start with Reservoir Dogs. Oh. So Reservoir Dogs. I should have probably got this up on yep. IMDb. You so I can read should read out the uh, <laughs> the description of it. <laughs> the description. I've not. I'm not prepared for this at all. You can clearly tell. <laughs> so, "Reservoir Dogs." Uh, the official synopsis: When a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong, the surviving criminals begin to suspect that one of them is a police informant. Okay. So, I'm gonna be honest. I'd only I only watched bits of this film until last week mm-hmm. when we decided to do this, and so I watched all of it for the first time. So what are you things on there? It's really, really good. Because, like, I'd seen this, I, like, with most Tarantino films, I'd seen them when I was a kid. Yeah. Which I really shouldn't have. No, you definitely shouldn't Definitely have. not, but they are really, really good and they like, what has made me want to go into filmmaking. Yeah. That's why I started studying it, because I loved Tarantino so much and I love the way he does his films and I love his style and it's incredible. There you go. And it really, really sticks out in Reservoir Dogs immediately. It like, does. what kind of style this man goes for. It really does. Just the opening, like, the opening scene of seeing like the circle around all the characters you immediately get a sense of what all these characters are kind of like exactly yeah you get whether they're good people bad people whether you don't like them if you do like them yada yada yeah you you get who's the boss who's like in control of everything who's who's highest status and stuff like that and then obviously there's Tarantino's character he has a cameo in every single one of his movies he does um he's always probably the worst character in his movies <laughs> I nah, don't G- f- Jimmy's good in Pulp Fiction <laughs> Jimmy is not good in Pulp Fiction Jimmy's great Jimmy just says the n-word a lot that's he it he just he gives himself a reason to use that word that's it um but yeah it's so it's got Harvey Keitel Tim Roth Michael Madsen Steve Buscemi and other people and Tarantino himself and Tarantino it's really good cast it really is um I'm just thinking now. Yeah, um, yeah we, we. I did come up with some categories for us to talk about. Yeah, well. you did. It was plot. Hang on, characters. I've got it. I've got it somewhere. Here we go. Plot, characters, slash performances, quotability, soundtrack, how the age, and then final thoughts. Yes. So um, characters and performances. Well, we could quickly if, talk about a plot because like we've we've given the synopsis. But, well, like, yeah, it's um, sort of a. Because he, like, um, it follows Mr. Brown and Mr. White and Mr. Orange? Orange. Yeah. Mr. Orange gets shot. Yeah, Mr. Orange, Orange gets shot. So it, it's all out of sequence about this film. Yeah. So um, a bit, you know, it's a non-linear. Well, non-linear it's, storytelling. It's linear go. with, like, flashbacks of certain bits because, like, it, tell, it tells one straight story. Yeah. But it gives you, like, a profile of each character. It does. Um, especially, like, the main characters anyway. So you get, like, a profile of Mr. White first, I believe. Yeah. And then you get... a don't think it's, it's Mr. A, Brown. It's a, I think it's Mr... Blue? Wait, no, no not blue. Blue dies. Like, yeah. You don't see him. It's so confusing. They're all named like <laughs> mister Colour. They're all a Michael Madsen. Yeah. Michael Madsen's character is second, and then it's Tim Roth, isn't it? Tim Roth gets Tim one. Roth is third. He is the police officer. Spoilers, by the way. Oh, I'm yeah, spoilers to... for all these films. Yeah. They're like, twi- like 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. Chill out. Uh, we'll be talking about spoilers when we go and see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so that's actually going to be spoilers. That's next week, though. Yeah, but still. Week. We've got to warn them ahead of time. Um, yeah, so... The performances in this are honestly incredible. Tim Roth is so good because he's just basically lying on the floor the whole time saying, I don't want to die. He's he's worrying the entire time because he's been shot in the stomach. It's like, he's He's bleeding bleeding all over the place. He's been bleeding the entire time. The, like you first see him, you see him in the diner and then the next shot, is him in the back of a car, bleeding, screaming out in agony. Yeah. And Harvey Keitel, like, telling him to calm down, saying, are you a doctor? Well, you know, (laughs) you're not going to die, are you? (laughs) You don't know that you're going to die, then. (laughs) It's just like, he's been shot, I'm pretty sure I can guess I'm going to die, but fair enough, like, he's just trying to calm down. That's really, like, those, like, like, those two together are so well together, like, they don't know anything about each other, except each other's names now exactly yeah like, they're not supposed to tell each other's names that's why they have the code names of Mr. White Mr. Blue yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but it's th- those two sort of develop a, a yeah. relationship through yeah. the flashbacks and they grow to trust each other exactly which is what makes it so heartbreaking exactly again, when it turns out that Tim Roth's character is Harvey Keitel wipes out everyone he kills oh everyone God. and he gets shot himself and the police are turning up and that's when Tim Roth oh. says I'm the cop I'm the cop <laughs> And and he like, just constantly no. says, "I'm sorry, Larry. I'm sorry," and then it just ends with. He's got that hype. A I'm gun. I'm sorry, shot. Larry. I'm sorry, Larry. I'm sorry, Larry. It's like such a heartbreaking moment though, because you see that like he's it been is. defending this man the entire time because he took a see, bullet for. Him. I had no idea how this film ended, like properly, <laughs> really. Yeah. Oh my so, god! So that must was been a shot. I was like for you. What? No. No way! I was honestly on the edge of my seat. It's amazing. Quotability, does this... Do you think this is as quotable as the rest of his other films? See, I I can't, like... The quotability comes with more of the actions rather than the actual quotient yeah. stuff. Like the dance with Stuck in the Middle of You. Yes. Like That is one of the most iconic dances in the entirety think, of hi- film history. There's a lot of stuff in this, the film, that is iconic. There's the little green bag from the start. Yeah, there's also like the, in the actual in torture scene as well. Like that is scene. That is so iconic. And the bit where they're pointing guns at each other and Steve Buscemi's on the floor yeah. and he's pointing up at Harvey Keitel. That's iconic. I love. Uh, um, yeah, it's just a, sure. it's a really all round, and it's it's his only film that's like an hour and a half. This is so short. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. kill Kill Bill One is just Our, under two hour fifty, I believe. Yeah, like hour fifty. But then I think. if you put them together, then it's four hours. Yeah. So he kind of wins in that sense, doesn't he? he? Does. He's got one. <laughs> you this win film. again, Tarantino. <laughs> um, the soundtrack to this, I think, is oh, exactly. so arguably it's. It's iconic on its own oh, it's so good. because you've got low Green Bag, as I said, stuck in the middle with You by Steeler's Wheel. Yeah, it's all like 70s style. It really, it and is as, so it's good. the music that really enhances this movie because in the background it's like, what is it? Someone's seventies weekend or something. Yeah, and he's playing these seventies tracks. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is really good. He he the, really digs the seventies, doesn't he? Yeah, obviously. Like <laughs> that's the setting for like I think I think um, Kill Bill sat in seventies as well, isn't it? No, it's not. Is it saying it's day set, for set time? Monday? Ah, oh, word! But I just imagined it was just because like the themes and everything. No, in they it. use phones. But we didn't. Oh yeah, we do. We didn't um, talk about some other characters though. We we forgot Steve Buscemi completely. Steve Buscemi is really good. He's Mister Pink in that. There's like Mr. this Pink. constant debate of between him and Harvey Keitel. Of who the cop is. And you keep saying Keitel, it's weird. It's Keitel. It's, Harvey Keitel. I always, I've always said Keitel. But it's Keitel. But I don't care. But it is Harvey Keitel. <laughs> but I, I don't care. Anyway, Please keep start so saying Keitel. I, I'm Keitel. just going to say Mr. White and Mr. Pink. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so with Mr. White and Mr. Pink, not the Mr. White from Breaking Bad. I would love to talk Oh about no, you're confusing me now. <laughs> but yeah, like, well, the constant debate between Mr. White and Mr. Pink is who the cop is. And Mr. Pink is constantly saying, "Why, if it's the guy on the floor? And yeah. then he's just like, no, that man took a bullet for us. He is not the cop. And it's just yeah. like, he went that far for his job to go undercover. He literally died for his job, and that is like the most powerful part of that. Not the fact that it's such a betrayal. It's the fact he just went so far just but, to get this absolute. Like he's a like the guy who runs it all is a full-on criminal. He is. Yeah, he's like a criminal. He's like an actual mastermind. So yeah, um, I think one bit in that film that is really, really, really good is during Tim Ross flashback when he meets his handler and the handler's like, "Are you going to tell the bathroom story?" I love the bathroom and story. The bathroom story is his way of telling these gangsters his, you know, how yeah. this is how he got into the group, and it's like he starts off the whole. You only hear the story once, so it does not not repeated or anything. But well, the whole story starts, and he's walking about his bedroom, running his lines. Yeah, and then suddenly he's on like with surrounded by graffiti talking to his handler again and then suddenly he's talking in the bar to the yeah. guys and then it it shows a part of the story so he walks into the bathroom and there's four cops there yeah with a massive dog just constantly barking yeah. at him yeah and it's like he's now living this he's lived this he's, yeah he's, he knows it so much that he's lived it And it's 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 such a clever way to show that. Yeah, but, like, I think the story itself is so good because, like, the story goes, he walks into, um, like, a bathroom with four cops and a dog barking at him. He's got, like, a massive block of weed with him. Yeah. for, um, For a friend. And basically what happens is he goes to, like... Go use the bathroom and then ha- wash his hands and everything. But the, bo- the dog is barking at him constantly. And he's thinking that these cops are going to take him down immediately. Yeah. But basically, what happens is the cops are just telling a story of their own yeah. within the story. And I love the story that the cop tells as well. Yeah, it's like. It's the story of like a guy beating told put your hands up, take your like hand away from the dash and all that. Yeah. And he keeps on slowly putting his hands toward the dash. Yeah. And he was just going for his license the entire time. he's literally just screaming, I will blow your head off. <laughs> and it's just like, he's just going for his license. He's just going, I know, I know. And I just love that inside of it. It's just so good. Like, yeah, it's um, it's it's masterfully done. And what a debut as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely God. incredible. Absolute, like to st- If anybody started off with a better movie, I don't think they could. No, probably like, not. That's probably the greatest start off your mo- for your entire career. Because he's always said that he's going to be doing 10 films, isn't it? Yeah, 10 films. I don't films. know the exact quote, but he's always said that he's going to be doing 10 films. Yeah. And... Like some like Kill Bill one and two count as one film. Yeah, yes, yeah. they do apparently. Yeah, and like <laughs> From Dust to Dawn doesn't really count because he only wrote yeah, it. Directed, we'll talk about. Yeah, directed. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's final. thoughts. Then would is this one of your favourite ones? I mean, it's very very close up there because like it's probably below Pulp Fiction for me because I think Pulp Fiction is just top tier filmmaking in general yeah even though you can notice a few little things like you can notice a lot of little things of um, how they got away with the budget in this one such as in the torture scene you can see him like you the, it never shows much of the action it doesn't know it doesn't show a lot of the gunfights at all you just hear it or you uh, you are explained it yeah like with the torture scene it just pans off to the left you know what's going on because of the scene straight after that exactly yeah the and shot straight passed, after that he's, he's got, got the in, ear like dangling and everything yeah. you see the makeup and all that but you never actually see him coin it off. Oh, I should probably say, all of these films are eighteens. Oh yeah, they are all incredibly violent. Yes, and rude, and lots of swears. Yes, and a lot of racism. And a lot of racism. <coughs> yeah. Um, He's got a bit of a niche, hasn't he? Yeah, does. <laughs> He's got a bit of a specific style. So let's um move on. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Pulp Fiction one. is, and like as most people know, it's a masterpiece. It's one of the greatest films of all time. To in most people's top ten lists, it's a lot of people's favorite films. Favorite films of all time. Yeah, it is. Which, well deserved for good reason. Yeah, it, it deserves it completely. So uh, this one, I'll get the official synopsis up for this. If 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 there isn't, if there even is one, how would you describe this film? Well, you can describe it really simply. It's just like because I imagine if, it, if some because this film is completely nonlinear, like you said like before, yeah. this is completely out of order. It is. I I've always wondered if somebody did a proper full court of it in order, would it remain? Would it have the same charm as original Pulp Fiction, like Memento? would Memento have the same charm if you oh, didn't no, someone, see all the someone same. Stuff? Ch- someone someone uh, did reorder Memento and they said it's really boring. Yeah. Because <laughs> like Memento is reordered at the end, but it's revealed to you over and like over and over and again. Like yeah. more stuff is revealed, like with this. So yeah, if somebody the whole, reordered. The whole film of Memento is backwards. Yeah. Like if somebody reordered um, Pulp Fiction, would it have the same charm? Would it be as good? I'm I not think- sure. I think it could. do. I think a lot of the charm comes from like you piecing together bit by bit what's happening, where this goes in the timeline, and then at the at the very end, every single storyline has come together. Yeah, it's so it's basically a lot of interconnecting stories. Yeah, that uh, about gangsters and violence and yeah. criminal and crooks. Yeah, and stuff like that. So let's go through each of these stories. Right. So who so should we go first? We'll do John Travolta and. Samuel Jackson. Um, Sam Jackson. So Jules which is and Vincent. Jules and Vincent. So these guys are hitmen. Just, just yeah, hitmen. They're contractors. They're gangsters. Yeah, and they work for Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace. And they've gone to get a briefcase. And this is what's so good about Tarantino. It's the dialogue. Yeah, that's what you love about Tarantino. It's the, it's the dialogue and the connection between the characters. It's because the dialogue is just. They talk about nothing. It is—it's is like they a have, conversation with your best mate. They—they're just talking like normal people. Yeah, it's like you know, pollution is easily. The most quotable movie. Oh yes, yeah. so, you know he says like they're in the car and he says oh you know uh, royale they, with cheese, royale with cheese. <laughs> you know they don't they don't have a quarter pounder over there. You yeah, know? they got the metric system. You know what yeah. they call it? A royale with cheese. <laughs> well, what do they call a whopper? I didn't go to Burger King. I didn't go to Burger King. Exactly. What do they, what do they call a Big Mac? Well, he's still a Big Le, Mac. They go love Big Mac. Love Big Mac. Like, that is just, it's such stupid, ridiculous, useless conversation. Yeah. But it's so important to his films. It is. Because it just adds more character to his film style. It adds more characters to his characters. It really does. It really builds their personality and it shows really you does. what their relationship is. Um, instead of going through each, each one, let's, so we'll just do the characters then. Yeah. So, ju- I think the best character in this is Jules. Jules Winfield. Sam Jackson. See, I'm a bit biased because I love Harvey Keitel, as you say. Yeah, I've, Harvey Keitel's really good. Wolf. Winston Wolf is Winston Wolfe is one of the... Because he is one of the most quotable... He's even got adverts. He does. He's like in the, the direct line, line or... adverts. Like, he's, yeah. the actual character, he's still speeding off for no reason. Yeah. He's a lot less, like... Ex- eh, explicit. Yeah, exactly. But he is the most quotable character. Pretty in this please movie. with a chair on top. Clean the effing car. Exactly. That is one of the most quotable moments in. Like I have said that to so many people. Yeah. About doing something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just so easy to so, say. So like um and John Travolta. This revived his career because oh, in the yeah. in the eighties he was nothing. Oh yeah. He did no. he did Greece and then he just flopped. And yeah. then Tarantino was like, you know what, I'm going to give you this. Yeah. And he just knocks it out of the park. He's amazing oh, in this. And, and so I was like, we could quickly go through the entire story, like their yeah. storyline. Because that's like, Jules and Vincent's storyline is literally, they go and get the briefcase. Yeah. It goes a little bit wrong, so they kill most of them in the room. They do kill most of them. They leave one of them Although alive. that feels like that's that was the job. Oh, yeah. Well, they, the job was to go and get it, wasn't it? I know, but I feel they like ha- it was also to... to Kill like, they were them. constantly... Like, they were talking about, like, we should have shotguns here. Yeah. But I think that's more of just a security measure, isn't it? Rather Maybe. than, we have to kill them. It's, as well... Sorry, I'm oh, no, it's- um, Yeah, it's... See, that whole scene is so quotable as well. Oh. It's... The, everything Sam Jackson said, it's, it's really clever as well, because you see how much status... Jules has before. Oh, yeah. Because beforehand, Jules doesn't say much, whereas John Travolta is the leader of that conversation. Then they step into that room, John Travolta does not say a single word. He just says, Royale cheese, and we're happy. No, in... In, in the um Oh yeah he does. He does yeah. say that. In that knows. scene he's literally just like, What do they call it in in France? Royale cheese. And that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. it. And they just says, We happy. And then they start having a conversation about like the Yeah, but like, it's as miracle. soon as they're all dead because yeah. Jules then has He takes full control he says over the situation. Everything And he says it in a deep booming voice. And he takes he eats the guy's food. The guy has a burger there. <laughs> he's he eating the, the guy's food. he drinks his entire sprite. He does.
1: Just a like, sign,
0: like, yeah, I'm in charge. Of you. Yeah, like, and he tries to stand up, and he just looks at him and he says, and he puts his hand down, and the guy sits down yeah. again. It's so good. Just that that scene is incredible, and then e- also just s- the entire. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What <laughs> he just keeps on screaming. What, what country? You, what, <laughs> what country are you <laughs> from? What? 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 what is a country? I never heard. Of of they of. speak English and what? <laughs> It's so endlessly quotable it's so good. That it's mainly just that scene. It's just that scene is yeah. so quotable. I know. Um I'm sorry did I break your concentration <laughs> as well? Oh, you are finished. Well allow, allow me, me to, to retort. retort. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it it's amazing. so good. And then obviously the um the Bible passage Ezekiel 25:17 the we're path not, of the righteous. No, man. don't don't do the entire. Course. I'm not I'm gonna 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 do, do the that day if We if will. <laughs> that. Um, So that that then leads on to the next scene, which is um, them in the car with Marvin, I believe. No, there. that's that's the next scene chronologically, but I mean in the movie. The next scene in the movie, I cannot remember. I think Isn't it's that, um, the, the date. The date with um, I think it is actually. Jules and yeah, it is. What's she called? Uh, Mia. 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 Mia Wallace. Yeah. So basically, um, John Travolta. Vincent Vega has to take out Mia Wallace, Marcellus Wallace's wife, out for dinner because he's away on business. And he's got to take care of her. And he's got to take care of her. Uh, yeah. Just for the night. <laughs> Not kill her, just, you know, take her out, yeah. show her a good time. Yeah. So they go to this 50s diner-style restaurant and they have dinner. The, she orders a $5 shake. She does order a $5 shake. And he goes mental about the $5 shake. Yeah, he's like, $5? What, they put gold in there? <laughs> <laughs> it just like, no rum or anything? Just... Just a shake that costs five dollars, and it might cost five dollars, but it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we getting rid of all the expletives. What's here, really obviously. funny though is he literally bought heroin. He, he, no, the the scene right after that is him buying heroin. He does buy heroin. There's he a lot of heroin in this like movie as well. Three hundred dollars, and then complains about five dollar shake. He does. <laughs> Like, that is just so weird to me. Like, he's fully complaining about fr- about $5 shake. He's just spent $500 on buddy, like... Heroine. Heroin. Yeah. That comes into it later. Yeah. So then they have dinner. They win a dancing competition. The dance yeah. is iconic. Uh, so good. Yeah. Like, just... I, I, I Actually, um quick little thing... When I was filming that music video that we mentioned earlier, yeah. my actors I actually put that song on, my actor put that on, and then they both started doing the dance. So out of just nowhere, they started doing the dance. So I immediately grabbed my camera. I ran over to it, nearly dropped it. <laughs> and like I would have had to pay a lot for that because that's my uni stuff. You would. But, um, like, I grabbed my camera immediately, started filming them doing a dance, and that is now in the music video. There you go. It's actually, I'm so proud of that, just because, <laughs> like, it's moments like that when you're doing stuff like, like, I imagine that wasn't fully choreographed. I feel like that was No, just it was. Them. It was. Oh, was it? Yeah, I saw Aww. him on, uh, on Graham Norton, and he had to go oh. up to we- Uma Thurman and say, so I want you to just do this, you yeah. know, with the feet. Um what's the next thing on it oh yeah so he, he and then they go back to her house and she finds a bag of drugs in her pocket in is his pocket like, is that that scene yeah how long does that scene go on for that scene's ages god and then they um, this she film's like two and a half hours as well doesn't she snort that one and she snorts the heroin yeah thinking it's cocaine and obviously then she overdoses Immediately. because she's not supposed to snort heroin yeah and then um, she, so then he Joel, finds her in the like ODing on the floor yeah. screaming no 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 v- no, no!" Vincent takes her to the drug dealers house and they fumble about for a bit and then revive her with an epi pen and she I mean it's not like, an epi pen it's an adrenaline shot wh- whatever, her heart. whatever yeah and that bit's pretty gross <laughs> Although just, it's very funny when he drives up he drives up, he crashes into the house, gets out the car he's dragging her body. Yeah. And his drug dealer's <laughs> like, I would have got Why would you bring her here? You're talking to me on the cell phone. And he just drops her. Yeah. And it's like, Do you know who this is? Do you know who this is? This is Mia Wallace. <laughs> oh god. Which is great. I do love the moment where it's just like just say something if you're okay. And then she, she immediately just something. replies with something. Something. It's the corniest joke ever. Yeah. But once again, that's just her character because she starts talking about how she did a pilot at one point, didn't she? She talks about Fox Force Five, yeah, which is totally uh, leading to Kill Bill, yeah, obviously. Yeah, we'll talk Easily. about that later. Yeah. Um So then, the next scene is. I think it's. Is it? Do we go to Butch then? I think Bruce it's Willis. Butch meeting Marcellus Wallace and being told you're going to go down in. in five. Oh no! Wait! No, that happens earlier. But anyway, we'll talk about. That <laughs> so Butch is played by played by Bruce Willis. He's a yep. boxer, and he is told that he needs to go down in in a certain round. Yep. And uh, by Marcel Wallace, who's running the boxing match. But he And doesn't. then he, he, decides, he decides not to. He bets on himself. Yep. A lot of money. A lot of people do as well. And then he earns a lot of money from that. He wins the fight, kills the guy, and runs. Yeah. Uh, we do see a short flashback with Christopher Walken. About his grandfather's watch and how much it means to him. Oh, so is, his mean. his grandfather takes this uh, uncomfortable hunk of metal up his bum. Yeah. Throughout the whole war. Yeah. <laughs> to just to give it to Butch. Yeah. Well, it's fair. He gave it to his son, who then also fought in war. Yeah. And his dad died in a POW camp and then Christopher Walken survived the POW camp and was given the watch so that he could give it to Butch. Yes, and he hid that uncomfortable hunk of metal yeah. up his bum. Yeah. And, it, and it'd be damned if anyone was going to take it from him. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Walken in that moment <laughs> just changes in, in one moment. It's the moment he says the A word yeah. for, for bum. Yeah. I don't even want to say it because, you know, I don't know if... uh, If you're allowed. Exactly. (laughs) He He says, bum... And from then on, because he's he's talking about this really impassionate story, and then he says "bum," and it's just hilarious from there. Because then he just goes manic, and it's so weird and funny. So good. Um, So yeah, Butch Wendsy's. This is the part of the film for me that I don't like as much. Yeah, that's this bit really drags. It's the bit. It's really good still. Where from Christopher Walken, as soon as he wakes up from the flashback, yeah, until he finds Vincent. Yeah. That bit is so long and boring. It really drags, but it is also fully crucial to the story because I'm pretty sure that's the end of the movie. It, like, chronologically, anyway. N- well, ca- Vincent, part of the end. Yeah. Uh, but then he... He so he meets up with his girlfriend in a hotel room and they're waiting for the next day to get the yeah. money. Then he wakes up the next day and realizes that, that she left his grandfather's watch at their apartment, so has still won't get it. Yeah. And then he goes to his place knowing that Marcel Wallace has probably sent someone there. Yeah. He gets there, Vincent Vega's there, he leaves his gun on the side and Butch shoots him. Yeah. So John Travolta dies. Well specifically, he gets out of the toilet after flushing the loo. Bruce Willis, who recently popped in Pop-Tarts into the toaster. The Pop-Tarts pop up. I don't think we need all of the well, details. Well, I mean, that's just a really funny moment. just the fact that Pop-Tarts are the thing that kills him in a way. Well, no, it's like, a gun. It's more of a trigger it, thing. It's a gun. Yeah, but it's more of like a startle... Sh- I'm okay. going to start shooting him now. It's like a trigger to, like, right, I'm going to kill oh, you yes. now. But yeah, and then he's driving her home. Yeah. And he drives past... Marcellus Wallace, who is out getting donuts and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> which is a hilarious image because he's just this big guy walking up <laughs> to street with and donuts, donuts and coffee. And he turns around and he goes, Mother. Ever. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis runs him over, cra- crashes, smashes, into, smashes him. into him. And then he wakes up, and then it, a chase down the street occurs between Bruce Willis and Marcellus Wallace. And then they end up they in a pawn shop. shop. And. Uh they get taken in by Z. Z. Who, Z. Who, uh, who beats them up, ties them up, and then they're like tied up and they're gonna be a male sex things. I mean I think we can actually just say they, that, they, like, he, let's not let's not talk, go into detail about this I mean, one. We could literally they, just, they say, just the word, say the word. I don't want to say well, the word. I don't want to say the word. Well basically what happens is they, Bruce they, Willis escapes that moment whilst um Marcel Wallace is being sexed violated yes because he's not really like it's yeah it's uh, not very fun yeah. he's not very he's, fun seeing. he's hating it and so basically um, he kills the sex slave he does he does um, he sh- basically just lets him like hang
1: well and he, he's he, about he punches the gimp
0: yeah he punches the he punches the gimp, the gimp. <laughs> 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 this movie's a, so weird it is I but love it he, he goes into um, like in uh, up to, upstairs to the pawn shop he's about to leave but then he realises right I'm gonna go and have to save Miles else. yes so he grabs a he sees a variety of weapons <laughs> he sees what does he see I think it's a shotgun it's a baseball bat it's a baseball bat he picks bat. it up and he's like no, no. and then he they picks up a chainsaw, up. chainsaw <laughs> and then he just no and then he, he sees a, a samurai. samurai saw Which once again, a bit more of um, leading up to Kill Bill. Yes. And so then he goes down. He kills the first guy who actually trapped him in the thing. Yes. And then he, like, threatens Zed. And then Marcellus just shoots him he in shoots the chest him in, he with shoots, a massive not, shotgun. Not in the chest, a little bit lower. Just a tell p- He p- shoots lower. him in the genital area. Yeah. <laughs> just with a massive sawed-off shotgun. And then Marcellus Wallace makes some really... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go medieval on you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and then uh, he lets butch go he says right you don't ever come back here yeah and no one knows about this He's like yeah it's yeah. chilling so then bruce bruce willis leaves he takes zed's chopper and then meets up with his girlfriend and she says uh, who's whose is this it's Z- like zed who's zed zed's, zed's dead baby zed's, zed's dead, dead. Zed's dead. like that's one off. of the greatest quotes from that movie once again and that is technically the end of the film it, chronologically yes. chronologically sure that's, that's like the, end the, of the middle of the movie it is right at the, end, the middle of the movie <laughs> Yeah, that is it's the worst part of the film yeah it's the worst I, part of the film I do agree with that it's still fantastic but then but it does drag on but then the rest of the film is just so good because then yeah. it cuts back to Jules and Vincent who were in the apartment yeah and then they're driving home with Marvin in the back, and John Travolta shoots him in the face by accident. <laughs> oh man, what the hell's going on? They're in about God. They're having a conversation about God and everything. It's like, what's your take on this, Marvin? I, I don't know a thing. I don't even. Have, I don't even have an opinion. You gotta like, have an, an opinion. opinion. <laughs> bang then, what the hell oh I actually just shabbed mom in the face why'd you do that <laughs> I'd said it was an accident the gun just went off um, so then they drive to their friend Jimmy's house played by Tarantino who uh, says character. a lot of n-words he says a lot of everything there he I, does specifically the n-word he does and then I, they, I don't they, know they, why he has he, to say he that he has much. gourmet coffee Yes, he does have he, gourmet coffee. He does have gourmet coffee, and then um, basically, um, the, Jules isn't it? Jules who, calls up Marcellus Wallace and tells to the, the Calvary, and then Marcellus just says, "Winston Wolfe is coming." And then one of the greatest quotes, which we are never going to say. No, we can't say we it. We can't it. say it, it. it. It's just funny in memes. It, is, it? it is funny. in what? Well, it's a really good quote though. Poop n-word that's all you had to to say say. yeah (laughs) but yeah like they they say that and so they wait for the Winston Wolfe to come and he just says it's a three minute drive I'll be there in ten minutes nine minutes 37 seconds later and then (laughs) he drives up and Winston (laughs) Wolfe is played by Harvey Keitel and he is my favourite character he's a really great character he just turns up he says I'm Winston Wolfe I fix problems and he's there to basically just get he's he's there to get them out of the situation he talks fast he acts fast he likes his coffee with lots of cream lots of sugar Yeah. and he um, yeah it just they clean the car yeah. And then they get out of cleaning the car and, and they, they put really dorky clothes they on. They put really they look like a couple of dorks. They're your clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they they clean the clothes, they uh, they they get clean clothes on, they drive the car to a like a repair thing and they get crushed. Yeah. And then they go decide to go get breakfast. Yeah. And then... We is- did not mention the first scene. The first scene of the entire movie, the open, the cold open of this movie, is two people in a diner, and they're talking about robbing places, and then yeah. they decide to rob the diner. Yeah. Um, Pump- Honey Bunny and... sheep Pumpkin. Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. Um, uh, Tim Roth and the lady the lady I don't know I her can name. never remember her name. Yeah, uh, but they, they decide to rob this uh, diner then cut to at the end Jules is talking about retiring yep. and J- Vincent goes to the bathroom and then and then they rob the place so they're they rob in the, the same place. diner as yes. so it's going back to the original scene so then they're, they're going around collecting the wallets because yes. they had a conversation about getting the wallets from the store that they robbed was a smart idea. They got a lot more from there than the register. They did. So they start collecting the wallets and they go over to Jules and they ask him for his wallet. And so they, they take it and then they ask what's in the briefcase. And he just says, my boss is dirty laundry. And he can't... Cause <laughs> he can't, he, he can't we, give. The we we don't know the what's keys, in the course. briefcase. The briefcase, you open it and, and it's it just a bright light. Yeah. But basically, A lot of people what do you think it is? I think it's the soul. See, there's so many theories. I've I've like people thought it's the gateway to heaven, people thought it's the gateway to hell. We, people thought it's the secret of the soul, it's the secret of life. Some people have just thought it's a load of gold. Well, I think it makes sense that it's a soul, because apparently according to legend, if the devil takes your soul, then the soul comes gets ripped out of the back of your neck and Marcel as well has, has a plaster on the back of his neck. And then, um, to be fair, when it comes to the plaster on the back of his neck, that wasn't planned for the movie. Uh, they, um, I've read an interview about this and basically what happened was he had a surgery um, uh, or like he had a cut or something on the back of his neck and he just put a plaster over it uh, and then he was going to take it off for, for shooting yeah. and then Tarantino was like, nah, keep it on, it looks cool. That was the entire story of the, of the thing. So everybody that's always thought, "Oh, that's a design. That's a design choice." Like, nah, it was just a complete accident. And also, Happened the uh, the briefcase number is six 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 to open it. Yeah, so that's why. That's where the gateway to hell comes from. Yeah, I guess. I think that is literally just uh, like that. People are just grappling at straws. That that thing is literally just. A lot of gold, maybe Yeah, probably, because Tim Roth. Like, why would he? How on earth would he know what the soul looks like? He says, "Is that what I think it is?" Yeah, he says, "Is that what I think it is?" It's beautiful. Yeah, so it, that's more or less like gold because it shines yellow. Maybe. It's probably gold. So um, then the Jules turns around on them. He's gonna shoot Tim Roth, but he's like, you know what? No, I've had a miracle today. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill you. He's had an epiphany. And he's had an epiphany. epiphany. And then they. Uh, they leave with the wallets, the 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 robbers, yeah, and then Jules and Vincent leave together, and that is the end of the film. That is the end. It's such a long movie. It's a, it, you know what though? When you're watching it, it doesn't feel long. It doesn't be, just because of how like how many things go on. Yeah, how rapid it all it, is. It's so fast. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun as well. Although some of it doesn't sound too fun. It oh, is yeah. because everything they say, all the dialogue is just pitch perfect. So He bad. won an Oscar for writing in that movie. Well Deservedly. Deserved. And, uh, yeah, honestly, it's one of the best films of all time. Yeah. With great... Uh, an amazing soundtrack. With an amazing soundtrack. Like, one of the best soundtracks ever. Yes. Like, genuinely. And, but the thing is, do you think it holds up just as well as it did in... Was it 1998? Oh. 94. Do you think it holds up as well? Because the thing is, I, when I'm re-watching it, I actually noticed um, in the Diner scene, yeah. you can clearly see it's a set. Yeah. Like, inside, you can see over the boards of the set, and I think that's just, that's really nice. It's just, it just proves that this is just fancy movie. This is literally just think, a movie. It is I think it does hold up, though. It does hold up very well. Yeah. I think it's just a, an all round amazing film, and I think even if you've never seen it before and you come into this film now, you will mm. love it. You would absolutely adore it, because it's one's, it is literally considered a masterpiece of it filmmaking. It is. It's known as one of the best films it's all it's time. It's not, not my favourite one, personally. I don't think it's mine either. But Ooh. I can I can understand saying it's the best. Yeah. It's it is probably the best but it's not my favourite should we go from the best to the worst although we haven't seen Death Proof yet but that'll be next week yeah that'll be next yeah we probably shouldn't go from best to worst we can probably do that next week at the end of it yes just do a roundup of what we think is our like our top nine let's talk about like. Jackie Brown <laughs> Jackie... Oh. See, I do enjoy Jackie Brown. We're not going to talk about this one as much because I've only seen it once. You've seen it twice. I've seen it twice. The other ones you've... like Pulp Fiction we've seen a hundred times. Oh, God, yeah. Reservoir Dogs I've seen a, a hundred times as well. And then Kill Bill 1 and 2 I've seen a hundred times. Pulp Fiction, yeah. yeah. And this is just... I've seen it the once. I saw it for the first time on Sunday night. Man, this is long. It's, like <laughs> two, it's like two and a half hours. It's You know what, though? It's a really... It's good. Yeah, I think it's good. Read out the synopsis. The synopsis: A uh, middle-aged woman finds herself in the middle of a huge conflict with that will either make her a profit or cost her life. Yeah. So this is Tarantino's only film that's ever been based off a book. Yes. It was the book was written just a little bit like in 1980 something. Right. I believe. Um, not called Jackie Brown. I can't remember the name of the book. No, it was called something else. Yeah, something completely different. But basically, um. Like Tarantino usually takes an idea of, like, either has his own idea and just makes it, or takes something from history, like he has done with Inglorious. Yes. And with Once One Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He has taken parts, and Django and Hateful Eight. Think, and but. Django, yeah, I guess. In a way. But he's taken parts of history and um, either adapted that into his own story. Yeah. But he's only ever done um, somebody else's story with this. Yeah. And I think it is a great film. At, like on its own but it does not feel like a Tarantino film it really doesn't does it like it because it's been adapted for the screen by him like written for the screen and it's been directed by him so you can you can see his style in there yeah especially with all the feet shots you can because there's a lot in the first five minutes yeah there are but like there's there's not really much else. Like there's barely any violence. There which, is barely any violence. expect a the lot from Tarantino? Although you know? the moment of violence that I can think of from Robert De Niro is, is fantastic. It's so funny. It's, it's so, so good, funny. and it's out of nowhere as well. It's like oh right okay. Well, cool. we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that. But yeah, so basically, like I think thing is, every single character is fantastic. Okay. I, I don't know what like what rubs me the wrong way with this film. I think it is literally just the plot and the pacing. Because yeah. one, some of the shots feel way too long. Yeah, for no reason. Like they could have cut down on a lot of them. Yeah, um, some of the like dialogue is a bit. meh I really you switched know, off. All the, of the characters a, are great. The, the heist happens, and then once the heist finishes, I sort of switch off. Yeah, because then there's another like, half hour, and I was like, yeah. where is this coming from?" Like, I get that you need to wrap it up with um, like. Samuel Jackson's character, yes. they have to get him done. They have to make sure that she's not going to jail and that she gets the money, which is fair enough. Yeah. But they could do that in ten minutes easily. Yeah. But because it's Tarantino, it has to be a long film. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. That's it.
0: Um Yeah, so we've got Pam Greer as Jackie Brown. She's yeah. She's really fun. She's really good. Yep. Sam Jackson's really good in this um i'm not i'm not even gonna mention we just cut a bit out yeah. i'm not even gonna talk about <laughs> it now because I'm, I'm worried again
1: <laughs> um
0: robert forster is and this might be my favorite name favorite name max cherry max cherry max cherry what a name that he's, just makes figure pepsi max very <laughs> flavored He's <laughs> all like a big he's really good he's, he's really, really charming good. yeah as the um like the uh bail collector because mm basically his job, I had no idea this job existed because I, I was saying to ad. I, like, I was watching with him, I said, what's going on? What's going on? And I he mean, said, bail bonds exist. Yeah, yeah bail bonds. Are, so, he, so he goes, basically people come to him if people are out on bail. He pays, they pay him, say the bail is $10,000. Yeah. They pay him $10,000 to go and get them. Yeah. And then he gets them and then gives them and then they can do their things and yeah. then he takes them back and then gives them back $9,000. So he yeah. gives, does it for like a grand. Yeah. So a set fee. But then if they do a runner, then he loses that money. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's his job. That's, that's his entire job they've just sorted. Um, Bridget Fonda, he's Melanie. She's kind of nothing in this movie. Yeah, she doesn't she's, do anything. I mean, I she's something at the end. Yeah, she has that's a it. bit of violence that's funny. The, the rest of it is just, um, she's just there. Michael Keaton's pretty good in his role. Yeah. I, I just like Michael Keaton, to be fair. I just like seeing him. Yeah. And Robert De Niro is so wasted. He re- but the thing is, like, whenever he is in it, he is fantastic. Yeah. But he's mal- just, he's what? not, I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary stuff in this. Oh, yeah, definitely. But he, he, he is a highlight. Yeah. He, he when he, sh- he shoots Bridget Fonda and it's so cuz just like they this, lose the entire car. Scene. they lose the car in a parking lot and she's constantly saying where's the car lewis where's the, where's the car lewis is it is it on the next aisle lewis is and he said Why are you doing shut up voice? shut up okay shut up you you, you way the up. he said sorry lewis and then he just shoots her and <laughs> it's out of nowhere and it's so funny it's amazing it comes out of nowhere um, but yeah the I don't know man it's just a bit weird it's a weird one it is a weird one like I said I've, I I think I said to you I've only seen it once I feel like I will enjoy it if I watch it a second time see I said to you like when you said that I've seen I've now seen it twice and I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time yeah even like because I knew what was going on so I was like alright oh, I can follow the story a bit more now but it's just so long it is very it long. lasts so long yeah yeah I think it's just on un- like once again a lot of the stories on un- like a lot of the stuff that's in it is unnecessary. Yeah, unnecessary. I think wrong. if it was an hour and a half with like a bit more Robert De Niro. Yeah. And all that that would be way better. Hundred percent. Immediately. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Should we move on then? That was quite uh, well. We didn't talk about the mute, like the soundtrack. Because I'm, I'm not. Oh yeah, the soundtrack the really is good. incredible. It's very seventies again. Although yeah. this film is set in the nineties. Yeah, but um, it sort of. all the t- characters love seventies music. It sort of takes on the uh, black exploitation. Yeah, sort of genre from the seventies. Yeah, so it's very like that. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack's really good again. I um, think it holds up just as fine as it did. Yeah, it, I think so. I, thing is, I think this is like the kind of black sheep of Tarantino's films. Exactly, because like I know, a, like because I'm in a fair few like groups on Facebook for like for films and for Tarantino specifically yeah. as well. That like a lot of people like say that it's one of the most underrated films of all time in general. Yeah, and I'm just there like yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. I, mean, I don't it's think got, it's all that great. It's got a seven point five on IMDb, so people enjoy, people like it. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's obviously going to be somebody's favorite film of all time. It holds up. <laughs> it, it, it does hold it's up. It's fine. Yeah, so it's okay. Whatever. It is literally just the black sheet though. It's it's it is underrated in a way. Yeah, but not nearly that much. Should we move on? Uh, yeah. How are we going to talk about Kill? Because with Kill Bill, like you can talk about it as. Wait, one hang on, movie. hang on first. Kill Bill, music. So, with Kill Bill, like, how are we going to talk about this one? Because you can talk about Kill Bill as two movies, because it is Volume 1 and Volume 2. It is two. Volume 1 and Volume 2. Because, like, they are, like, they feel like two completely different movies. They do. So, I think we should talk about Kill, Kill Bill Part 1 and then Kill Bill Part 2. Okay. Like two separate movies. Okay. So, Kill Bill, Volume 1. Volume 1. Here we go. After awakening from a four-year coma, a former assassin wreaks her vengeance on the team of assassins who betrayed her. And she only gets half of them because it's only part one. She only actually. She kills like two of them, doesn't she? Yeah, so less than half. Yeah. What's going on? Literally, like, she kills the. She kills. She kills Oren Ishii. Oren Ishii and Vivi. Vivi. Vivi Fox. Yeah. I don't who know. Who should have name. been called Black Mamba. Black Mamba. <laughs> All I can think of is Anger Man. <laughs> no, all I can think of Black is Anger Man. Mamba. See, all I can think of is Black in in, in in that in that movie as well, the music at that point starts going, Black Mamba, Black Mamba, in like the orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, Mega Man's great. That's another day though. Oh. So, um, Kill Bill, what you want? The Dreamworks it's, podcast. This is again out of, uh, it's non-linear. Yeah. It starts off and she's... Killing, she 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 appears at Vivica a. Fox's house, and they fight. Yeah, and she wins. Yes, because she kills her. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a second movie. Correct. So technically, that is literally the end of the film, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But does it open with that, or does it open? It opens with um, the wedding scene. It opens with her dead on the floor, yeah. and, and she walks over yeah. and says, "Bill, it's your baby." Yeah. So but the story is that um this that the the, 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 bri- the bride she's known as yeah throughout this entire film she's known as the bride um she was an assassin she ran away from her group and her boyfriend/boss I don't know S- what they were like sex partner I guess because they, they were doing something because she's pregnant with his baby I think they were together they were together officially um she runs away from bill Mm -hmm. and his, um, what are they called? Super Viper Gang? Assassination Gang or something? The Viper Assassination (laughs) Squad? Something like that. The Viper Assassination Squad. It's something cool and edgy. It is, it is. Uh, (laughs) That's it. So she runs away from those and uh, gets married to a guy called Tommy, but at the wedding, they all turn up and they kill everyone, including her and her unborn baby. Yeah. So she... uh, so she wakes up after a four year coma and is out for revenge. Yeah, and she goes to Japan to get a sword from Hattori Hanzo. That one. <laughs> I'm really glad you're here. So yeah, she gets a well. Is that like then she goes to Vivian? Then she no, in, in the film she goes to Vivian after that point and they fight and, he, and she No, kills. she kills her second. Yeah, no, but in like in the film, like no, I'm, I'm just talking. Just, I'm just doing the plot overall. With plot. the plot over yeah, overall doing, plot, she goes yeah. to Hattori Hanzo. Um, lives there and trains whilst he makes a sword. I think it takes a month, doesn't it? Something like that. I'm pretty sure it takes a, a month or... No, it's a, it takes four months. Okay. Because she's training for four months because Hattori Hanzo obviously know. Pretty much everybody in this movie knows Bill. Yeah, everyone How does. How does everybody know Bill? I don't know. Like, somehow they're connected to... Like, just from the name Bill. Like, not specifically Bill something, just Bill. It's just Bill. Like, she writes Bill on the window. She's like, that could be any Bill in the world. There is millions of Bills in the world, at least, at that point. Like, how? How do they know specifically it's that Bill? That's a great question. (laughs) For another time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she gets this sword yeah, and then she meets. You know she runs into Orem Ishii which yeah. she flies to Japan to find her. And you know what? You There's an anime well. sequence about oh her. Oh my flashback. god! I could do an entire hour talking about that because it is gorgeous. It's so stylistic. It's kind of like cel shaded in a way. Yeah. And just constant pencil lines. and yeah. It is incredible. It really it's incredibly is gory. Oh, yeah. But it kind of reminds me, have you ever seen, um, like, there's an ep- there's a thing from The Muppets where Tarantino is on it. Okay. And he starts talking to Kermit the Frog. Right. About, like, a super violent Muppets movie directed by Tarantino. What? <laughs> I know, it's amazing. But then he starts talking about, like, how they should make it more anime for the kids, you know? <laughs> and it's still super violent. And whenever I see Kill Bill or not, I can only ever think of him talking to Kermit the Frog. Just because of that. That's so strange. You should watch that clip. I really it's should. It's so good. Um, <laughs> it's just him going <laughs> to Kermit the Frog. Of all <laughs> things, just Tarantino talking to Kermit the Frog. That's so strange. It is. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, that that whole sequence is amazing, showing her flashback, showing her rise to power. Yeah. Then uh, it's, she's played by Lucy Liu. Oh. And then um, she, she runs into... She 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 basically corners Lucy Lou with in a in a club in yeah. a nightclub, and they and she sends after she sends her group the crazy eighty eight yeah. to eighty eight trained samurai fighters yeah. And she kills all every of them. single one. Well, except for except one. Except for one and she smacks him on the ball. Yeah, he's like, because he's like Fuck. he's like thirty and she just screams, Go this, home to your mother. Yeah, this is what you get <laughs> for <from> messing <laughs> around with your coozers. Now go home to your mother. <laughs> and just he, smacking and him and he, with a he, he hat And he's and holding his butt. But that <laughs> tell you what, the half of this movie is um, her in Japan and the flashback sequence for Arinichi. The flashback sequence lasts so long. It does, but it does not feel it because, it like, doesn't. you hear like the really brutal story of Orinishi where her parents were murdered right, literally on the bed when she, where she is yeah. hiding by the, I think it's the mafia yeah. or the accusers there technically. So then, basically, she becomes like after that, she seeks revenge out on the people that killed him. And after, I think she, like kind of dresses as a prostitute and fakes being a prostitute so yeah. he can get to him. Um during that she kills him and kills everybody by shooting their legs off. She does. She literally should sh- not just She shooting, lies on the floor and they all come running yeah, in. She just and she, the she shoots her. And she shoots the legs off somehow. What kind of like pistol can do that? That's a powerful pistol. That's a powerful pistol. I have just but realized though, It explodes the lot. I just realized. She is the only one to get a real backstory. Yeah. None of the others do. No. But then again, do you care? Because she had I a feel amazing- like. Obviously, I see. I want to know how. Um- I have. I have a theory. Go on. That this film was meant to be one film, and then he realized he realized that these three it would be three and a half hours, and so he cut them into two, and realized actually there's two hours there that works well, but there's only an hour here. Yeah. So he added the whole backstory to Lucy Liu. Yeah. I feel like that's what happened. It does feel like that, to be honest. Which, thinking about that now, kind it makes of, it so much better. It, it's kind of a drawback because if if there is a way to make this one film, then I would I want to see that. I want to see again, this again. I do love like I it, it, to get rid of that entire sequence. Though gets rid of most of the charm of that movie because that, this entire movie is like. A parody slash homage to the all the Japanese revenge flicks. Yes, it is. With ridiculous like physics and amazing combat and constant gore. Yeah. But, but then with there's the se- Tarantino style on it. And then the mixing of the anime sequence just it shows that he really does pay homage to that like the culture. Japanese culture. And it it shows everything that the Japanese culture in that kind of movie has to offer. Yeah. And I think that's why he did it more than he needed to pad the film out maybe I mean it, that probably makes sense yeah but I just would've if you would've, were to make it one whole movie I would've liked to yeah. have seen more from the others then again though like which one because of the Michael, others are Michael that? Madsen you don't really know anything about you just know that at the moment he's really down in his luck but Michael you can't Madsen. feel sorry for him because he just isn't, murdered her isn't Michael Madsen his, Bill's brother then I, do we really need um buddy like flashback to him because he seems just a bit of a bit of a poo head well, yeah, but you'd like to see what you know. I just want to see more from these guys, yeah. and you see lots from Lucy Liu, but You don't see anything else about the others. Like but the again, one with like the she eye has. Patch. She's probably the biggest, like the most notable character. I guess of them all. She's like the most notable of all of the Viper Squad. So yeah, because yeah, Vivian is literally just a mother. She is. She, like, she's not really got much else going like for no, her, for doesn't. her character. She's just a mother of a daughter, and yeah. she wants to protect her daughter. The woman with the one eye, she's still with Bill anyway. She is. And I, I, I want to know how she lost her other eye, because I can't remember if you can find out. Oh, yeah. Um, thingy took it out. In, in the second one, it shows she asks, How did you lose your eyes? Your master. Oh, yeah. And it's the guy with the really long tassel. Is it Pai Mei, I think his name yeah, is? Yeah, Pai Mei. He well,
1: takes all that. Also, her eye out.
0: quickly, why does he constantly flick his beard? <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about that later. He it. In just a bit. it. We'll, we'll get to that later. But first, <laughs> kill, so, kill all you one. The first half is that. And yep. then the second half is just a long one action big se- fight scene action sequence, and it's incredible. It's so. Good. I was talking to you about the difference between a film like this, Kill Bill Volume One, yeah, and The Raid. Not so not The popular. Raid is a Indonesian action film which relies on choreography to really sell the fight scenes. They are incredible fight scenes as well, but they really and it's like the camera is on. Un- uncut and it's just action, action, action. Yeah. Fight, 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 fight. Choreography down to a t. It's like a dance yeah, almost. Whereas in this it is the exact opposite. It is cut, 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 cut. But they both work in their own way. I think the way it's cut like done with that though I think that's more to hide the low budget. It No, 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 no. I don't it to add I think it's as you said about the anime thing. I think it's to pay homage. Well, yeah, it does pay homage to that because they did caught a lot. But once again, it was very like a lot of the action. You you don't see much blood for for a fair bit of the fighting. Are you joking me? No, in in the the black and white bit, you see the constantly. But like in the bit leading up to that, they like she literally slices someone down like their chest, and she's got no blood on her sword. No, I don't. I don't think this is anything to do with budget. I think you're wrong. I think you're. You very think wrong. I'm wrong. I think you're very wrong. I don't think it's anything to do with budget. I think it's because in the seventies you would see, because obviously they didn't have that like chore- proper choreography, so oh, they yeah. cut, 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 and you'd see someone kick them, and then you'd see like a. A shot of them flying past, and then you see a shot of them hitting the floor. Yeah, and then they'd look up and that, and that's the sort well, that's of thing where you see. Ridiculous physics come from exactly in like they jump an entire yeah. banister and stuff like <laughs> that, and they're clearly on strings, literally jumping up a yeah. sword in cli- the wall. They're clearly on like wires, yeah. so they can leap about and yeah. do stuff like that in karate. But it, in in this, it's very much paying homage to those 70s samurai films that we were talking about the revenge flicks whereas The Raid it's um, it's it is literally a dance it's like with John Wick yeah John John Wick and The Raid are very similar like that yeah, it is all just choreography yeah. and homage to like that. I like the, the Kill Bill is a big homage to like seventies, but it's just really stuff. interesting that both the, like the Kill Bill and the Raid are very two very different action movies. And yet, but they are do both, so well. yeah do so they are so great in their own right. I just think it's really interesting. So we should about. do a podcast about the Raid. Yeah, we probably should. We really the Raid two is better. Well, why wouldn't we do both of them in one podcast? Oh my god! So um <laughs> yeah, and then at the end, I sent you a text. I what I finished watching, it. I was like, "Man, the the Kill Bill Volume One is definitely it's definitely better." Yeah, because oh, then definitely in this Kill Bill Volume One ends with a fight between her and Lucy Liu, oh, and Lucy and Lucy Liu is like mocking her and all this and saying. Young white, young Caucasian girl likes to play with samurais, which is, should be the new title of the movie. <laughs> or the, that should be the official synopsis. <laughs> no, that is literally just the knockoff version of it. Yeah, it's like when you go to Poundlander you get the Transmorphers instead of Transformers. <laughs> it is just that. Um, so then, and then the bride gets a hit on her, and then suddenly the whole thing changes. Yeah, suddenly Lucy Liu stops there, and she looks at her and she said. For my insults earlier, I apologize. And then she just immediately replies with "accepted." Ex- yeah, she's like accepted. They have so much respect for each other in that one know, moment. Such- and then she, and then the bride is like, "Are you ready?" And they, she like doesn't want to kill her because she respects yeah. her and she really admires her for what she's done with her life. And she's like, she's this huge kingpin in Japan, like running the the. Yakuza mm. and all this and she just she just then just cuts the top of the head off and then she realises that really was a Hattori Hanzo <laughs> <Yeah>. sword <laughs> she sits there uh, half the head gone and she says "There really was a Hattori Hanzo sword and then he zooms out and like the top of the head's gone I mean to be fair though like with Hattori Hanzo with in that movie he is literally the greatest uh, sword maker alive yeah um and the The final battle is incredible as well because it's of so the good. the scene like yeah. the, the scenery it's all outside it's so and it's snowing it's snowing but not only is it just snowing it's snowing in like a beautiful Japanese garden full of like yeah I don't know what those flowers are I don't know but like they're just kind of pink and white and it's beautiful um lotus flowers lotus, there we yeah. go um, and it's like when, when there's a bit of blood splattered it goes across the uh, yeah. the white and it's just stunning it's see I've stunning. always loved that kind of shot in a film yeah oh, it's always incredible I can't remember what it's like in Fargo Fargo you see blood you in see snow. blood in the snow oh what and it's like man. oh what film was it where um like basically a character has to kill their I think it's their mother and like they kill them in, in like a beautiful garden the blood just splatters onto the flowers and no matter what, a blood flower on flower, gruesome <laughs> but beautiful. It's like, it's like in Django Unchained when he shoot when he shoots that guy in the horse and it splats on the flowers. Yes, it is. It, yeah. No, it doesn't splat on flowers. It splats on like pot, um like cotton. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Kilber Volume One though blood. is stunning. I yeah. think that's gone up for me. But obviously, you can't talk about Kilber Volume One without talking my Kill Bill Volume 2 see Kill Bill Volume 2 is immediately just not as good it's 2 hours 20 yep so it's longer yeah and it's you get a lot of the backstory of the bride though you find out her name Beatrix, Beatrix Kiddo Kiddo even Kiddo Kiddo. no it's kiddo. That, why do you think he always calls her Kiddo she just, he just call her Kiddo I was like, <laughs> why would you that's be- why <laughs> I thought oh, it was just wow. a term of endearment you know <laughs> No, it's because she's called Beatrix kiddo. That's the name. Thing is, though, like they do mislead you the entire time. Like they call they they call a kiddo every now and then. Yeah, but you, once again, you think that's just a phrase because As well, like, she's maybe the youngest of them. Her name reveal is arguably my favourite part of the entire film. <laughs> what just when, her, when, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when she says she says bit. Be- the, the woman with the iPad says, "Beatrice Kiddo," and then it cuts to a classroom, <laughs> and they like read out these random names, like here, and then another name here, and they said Beatrice Kiddo, and, and it's, it's just a firm and sat there like in school, yeah, outfit as well. He's like what? <laughs> that's so <laughs> because because she says it, and you're, like, oh, right, and you're like, "Oh right, who's Beatrice?" Yeah, yeah, that's Beatrice Kiddo. It's just yeah. a great way to show it, but so random, <laughs> it's out of nowhere. Yeah, I love it. It's so unnecessary, but um, it's so perfect. They bury her alive at a point. Yeah, um, that's pretty. That's that is a. So uh, that is a do we, we want right? to go through this like the? Well, I we ju- need to I talk about like just, the music of the first one still. Um, oh yeah, we do. Whether it holds up in our final thoughts, the music. The music in both of them is really good because every time she sees one of the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad, it's so so good. The score for that film is incredible. Never mind the actual soundtrack within the movie; the score is score, the score's amazing. And the opening credits is "Bang Bang, You Shot Me Down" by Nancy Sinatra. Forgot about so good. It's such a good song. And then the 8's um, are they banned in the nightclub yeah. and they're so good? They they're so singing good. like. Hoo, 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 Thing is, though, for, for no reason, absolutely no reason, for some reason they just don't have shoes on. They don't have any shoes on, <laughs> do right. Like, it's just another foot shot from Zion yeah. <laughs> For the sake, like the wiggle your big toe. You don't need to show that for five minutes. Also. But he does. Uma <laughs> do. Thurman has really long hands and feet. She does. She has really big hands and feet. And it's really weird to look at. Because when when you oh, get like big, the you, go is the big ant, like the small hand guy from always sunny and yeah the tiny ant. and just dropping the big hands on himself and sell it like dog taping him round and one of them falls up. Don't look, nobody look. look! <laughs> <laughs> nobody look! <laughs> 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 so um, yeah, Kill Bill Volume One. I think holds up. It Holds up really well. It's I still a really it's great action movie. A fantastic film. A weird. Turn. It's very cheesy, but very I think cheesy. it's like it's. A, to be cheesy, this is also the point in Tarantino's career when he realizes he can probably do anything and get away with it. Yeah, because the first three films are very connected in a way because they're all crime films, yeah, crime dramas, gangsters, yeah. And then from here on, he's just like, Yeah, I'll, I'll just genre I'll hop, yeah. I'll just do, a bit just of do whatever. So then he does because he does spaghetti western, he does two spaghetti westerns, he does do two spaghetti westerns, Go he does um, does Nazi 60s Hollywood, he does a war film, yeah, and he does a B movie horror, yeah. And he does um, a samurai movie and a noir movie in Kilbo Volunteer, which yeah. we will discuss no. now. Want to get the synopsis of Bill Kill Bill Volume Two? Up? Is, is, isn't it the same?
1: It no, it because
0: be the same? It, there's the city. It'll literally just be the continuation of Kill Bill One. The Bride continues her quest of vengeance against her former boss and lover Bill, the reclusive bouncer Bud, and the treacherous one-eyed L. Yeah, there we go. There you go. It shows specifically the characters. <laughs> so, um, the characters that are mentioned there, L is the one-eyed one we've talked about a couple the, of times. The eye patch. Yeah. Daryl Hannah. She's called Daryl Hannah. Hannah. Um, th- but Bud is Bill's brother, uh, Michael Madsen. Yep, Michael Madsen. Um, he is quite a good character, I, I think. He's, he's, he's fine. Do when you He doesn't. Well, it. he does. He does something for the story, but he's the one who buries her alive. He's the one he he does who does bury her alive. Him. He literally shoots her in the chest with a shot. How, by the way, how much does this woman survive? She gets shot with rock. She gets salt. shot with a head in the head, and she is does. in a coma. Yeah, she gets stabbed and sliced down the back. She does. Get she's being down the bloody back. like she's getting strangled yeah. by a 17 year old buddy, like a satin yeah with a massive ball and chain with somehow a spike at the end of it yeah and then she's also literally shot like rock salt like that will still kill you she can bleed out from that and then she gets buried alive and she gets buried alive and then she's digging up for ages and ages where she's clearly dug in like about three feet maybe like yeah. no probably about seven like seven feet what well, you say six feet under six feet under yeah so how on earth is she digging up for like two minutes <laughs> um yes yeah, she is. So. she is buried alive yeah it's, and that's that's a, a nightmare for me yeah. that is a that is a a horrible moment Are you cl- I'm guessing you're claustrophobic then this... yeah I'm, I'm a little I'm a little bit claustrophobic yeah. but it's just worse because she's like like punching a hole oh, in God. the thing but the thing is, like... You, so you, you see the flash We also, We also see Pai Mei. Um, he's yes. the person who took out El Zai. yes Yes. Um, he is basically a kung fu master. Yeah, and um, he is... He is incredible at it. Somehow he, can balance on a sword. He can balance on a sword. With somebody holding the sword. He, his parts are the most cheesy in the film. <laughs> They're really funny, though. They are really funny. Because he just wooshes his beard to the side. He has this glorious... his white hair and these massive white eyebrows and over the top white like little tuft yeah at the bottom but his it, it, beard lasts to like further than his chest yeah and somehow. he just and every now and again he just he flicks, he flicks it. it with one finger yeah and he just does it He's all the time <laughs> And it's great. Hmm. Yeah, and he strokes <laughs> he it. Strokes it constantly. Strokes it. it. It's so funny. He's such a wise old man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but um, we are talk. We are talked about Pyme um, in a flashback with Bill and Bedrix. Yeah. Uh, basically, we like see their a re- bit of their relationship, a bit of their banter do, between, yeah. each- to each other, and how like they talk to each other. This is the part where you realise that Bill is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, because Bill is the only person in these films that, that in a talks Quentin like Tarantino a Quentin movie. Tarantino yeah. character. All the rest of them are in this cheesy Japanese action flick. Yeah, he is the only one in a Tarantino movie, in no a way. And he's the best. I think he's the best part of this film. Well, yeah, obviously, like he's, he's the, the best. He's, ama- but he's, really he's such good. a good antagonist because you you like him. Yeah, he is. he's such a lovable character, even though like he isn't he is evil and spoiler alert he's a great dad he's <laughs> a really good dad oh yeah we well, you know why we mentioned that they killed their daughter yeah no they, she survived somehow she survived we we don't really know how well she survived yeah we might as well hey. yeah um, and that bit is so heartbreaking when oh, she walks she walks in she's ready to kill Bill and then she walks in, uh, and her daughter it. shoot. He said, uh, "He said, he the name of the oh, film." Oh, that's why it's called that. <laughs> <laughs> and she she goes in there, and the daughter's there, and she pretends shoots her. Yeah, and she just stops. And Bill's there, and he's like, "You got shot, mommy. You need to die. You gotta die, mommy. You gotta it's die." It's just like that is such an incredible and moment because she just bursts into tears and she's like sobbing. I'm like. Oh my heart! It, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. You know, so with like the scene with Bill and um, Beatrix and yeah, the bride, Bibi. I believe. I believe Beatrix, her, she called Bibi. She yeah. called Bibi, which is really cute because Beatrix, Beatrix, and Beatrix and Bill, Bill, like that's adorable. Yeah, that is so cute, <laughs> and I hate it because it makes me more sad. Yeah, because like the we hear an entire story of um like how. Bitch, how BB came to be and everything yeah. like Exactly what Bill told her about mom, about her mum. And she just, he just said she's been asleep this entire time. And when I first watched that, that actually broke me. Yeah. Because, like, that slightly hit close to him because my mum has been in a coma before now. Yeah. So, like, the fact I was told my mum's been asleep for a few days, I'm just like, Jesus. Wow. The fact that she was without a mother for. Four years. Four and a half years. Yeah, it is brutal. It is. But then we're also told this like story of how she like understood the concept of life and death. Yeah. With her killing her goldfish. Yeah. And I think like that is such a, a kind of pure insane moment. It is because it shows that the killer like of them runs through the, like her child's her kid's veins in yeah. a way she's a, at four years old she's took out her goldfish out of the tank put it on the carpet and stepped on it yeah like for no reason just doesn't does <laughs> see what happens. just to see what ha- that's exactly what it is though just to see what would happen yeah and then she immediately understood the, the concept of life and death she immediately knew that the goldfish had died and I thought and I think that's actually really interesting it is because it's just showing how, like, simple the concept of life and death can be. Yeah. It can literally just be a fish flopping on the floor and then a fish not flopping on the floor. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And I, like, this, these films always have some form of message in a way. Yeah, they do. Like, obviously, t- like, Pulp Fiction is don't do drugs. Don't do, don't do <laughs> drugs. Drugs are bad. <laughs> drugs are bad. But it also has the concept of, like, God and everything like that and what it really means to be faithful and what what yeah. a miracle really is to certain people. Yeah. And it shows the cynic side of it. It shows the believer's side of it. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs is... I don't think that has much of a message other than, like... Friendship. I think it's, like, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, in a sense. Yeah, maybe. Because they keep him really, really close. Like, they vet him as well and they find out. The, like, Joe finds out at the end... He's a cop. How do you know? It's a hunch. I just know he's a cop. Yeah. And immediately like you're you're literally dying just like, oh my god, there's so much tension here. Yeah. Because we know he's a cop. Joe knows he knows he's a cop. The cop knows he's a cop, even though the cop is now dead. <laughs> um then in I think Bill has the best line in the film. The Which best one? story. The best story when he's talking about Clark Kent. When he's talking about superheroes... He's, the, he's, the superhero he's, mythology he's, is superhero so is, interesting as well. He, because he says, what, basically what he says is that um, st- all superheroes have, like, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is the secret identity, and then he becomes Batman. He, has, he, puts, he, on he puts on a costume on, to put, become Batman. Peter Parker, is, Peter, Parker, Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man and, and when he puts, he puts on, on the costume. costume. Whereas Superman is born Superman. Yeah, and he then puts he puts on a costume and he and becomes Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Yeah, like the the like S on his thing is his like is his birth blanket. It's yeah, it's what he, he came he came to Earth. In. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's man, this is moment. it's it is so Tarantino that line. I that know m- that mythology because you know he's been sat there thinking about that for years. Like exactly, yeah, that is right. And then right into his screen. Yeah. Like, who can say this? It's, oh yeah, the character that he's basically me. Yeah, <laughs> like Bill is just Tarantino. Tarantino, he is. And then uh, does Santino she... have a cameo in Kill Bill One and Two? Probably at some point. I I watched it. I watched them both. Just yeah, a bit. Calm, I think he's there? like a voice or something. Maybe maybe he's a voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she does, she kills Bill. Oh uh, yeah, that goes back to the Pai Mei thing. Though. Yes, again. Um, so basically, with Pai Mei, she I think it's the five point palm trick, like the five point. Palm takes like harder. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it's like a move where if you, you touch them five times at specific points of the palm at the heart and after they take three steps, they their heart explodes. Yes. And basically Paime was her master for a short period well, actually quite a long time, was it? It was like yeah. two years. And somehow, even though he hates Caucasians, he hates Americans, he hates women and all that. Pai May needs to come into 2019, really bro. <laughs> like, like, it's just such a weird thing because like, Bill is talking about Pai May, He's just like, he hates Caucasians. He despises Americans and he absolutely hates women. And it's just like, who doesn't this man hate? <laughs> And like when they're talk so when they meet when we meet Paime, he's seeing what she knows and we get this entire fight sequence between Paime and Beatrix. Yeah. And I think that scene alone is fantastic. It is. Because it just shows how powerless she is compared to him. Yeah. Like he is literally able to like dodge every single one of her attacks with one hand out. He doesn't use his other hand. He doesn't use his left hand. He's constantly with one hand behind his back or two and he even jumps on top of her sword and balances on the tip of her sword. He does do How that. How can you get more, like, awesome than that? I don't know. He's a pretty. He's a really cool character. He's a though. very cool character. Um, the soundtrack to this, again, is just as good oh, as the first one. It also sh- it's, it's, plays bang-bang. It's, it's, sc- Bang. it's the score. It's... <laughs> Love it, absolutely love it. Um, That entire mythology conversation is followed by like some questions about Beatrix and like her life flow. Because, as we mentioned earlier, she was going to start a life with. I've forgotten the guy. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. What a lovely guy! By the way, the scene where she finds out she's pregnant is. Hilarious because she finds out she's pregnant, and then there's a knock at the door, and some this woman busts in with a shotgun. It blows and a hole, it in blows the door. a hole in the door, and then they like they fumble about and they get a gun on each other. And she says, <laughs> she says the line, "Are you any? Are you a good shot with that shotgun?" She goes, yeah, I'm a surgeon with this shotgun. <laughs> I, what's best I'm though a is a like surgeon. I don't have to be in this age, but yeah, I'm a surgeon with a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, like nice oh it's so good and then, <laughs> then and, then she, and then like, she says if you look at the stick over there <laughs> I am pregnant okay and I'm I don't just, know what this means yeah there's a box with the instructions in front I of you I can read the box <laughs> <laughs> and they show each other I it. can read it myself what if I did believe you just go home and like they both do go home like, yeah they, they both abandon the mission yeah but the thing is Bill then thinks that they killed Beatrix yeah and so he goes on like a hunt for them Trying to track them down, and, and that's when he comes across her. Comes across Beatrix, married, like in the chapel with Tommy. Yeah, practicing the marriage and all that. Yeah, and then everything goes down. Sam Jackson has a cameo in this. He's Sam Jackson the, is literally the piano player. He's the piano player it. At he the doesn't the do wedding, much else, so he dies. I'm pretty sure he's in every single film other than Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir, and um, now Once Upon. I don't know if he's in it. He's not in Inglourious either. No, he isn't. <laughs> he isn't. In in sad, sad times. Oh. Um, yeah though Kill Bill 2 it's real good again fantastic movie um, there you go I think it does hold up quite well, as well. it does it really does I, well, what, you like I said earlier you this is a completely different movie to you can't watch one without the other yeah but the thing is 2 is so so different to 1 because yeah. 1 is a cheesy homage action to film. Japanese action revenge films and the second one and is a Tarantino it's film. a Tarantino noir film yeah and it fully is Noir because it fit it hits so many things that Noir does. Yeah. And like the conversation between Bill and Beatrix about like the superhero mythology and then about her life before that. And if she would be happy, did she enjoy the killing? Yeah. Like, it is such a intense moment. It is. And then they have a drink together and then he immediately goes for his sword. She and she bounces kid. back with hers, sheaths his sword with her sheath, and then five point palm trick. Yeah, like that is possibly one of the greatest like quick fight moments in like film history. And for me, oh yeah, a lot it, of people say that. So a lot of people say that that's really just dis- underwhelming because not there's there's this four hour journey to get to kill Bill and then you well what are you going to expect the entire movie is called Kill Bill I know, is she not going to kill Bill well I think every, I think a lot of people thought that there would be a large action sequence like at the end of but the first one I don't think Bill needs that no he like, doesn't Bill's character is something she sweet. loves him She, lo- she, she loves. It's a, him. it is literally just a a moment of love it yeah. is a, a mercy killing she, she doesn't want a Hygra Annick and I have the Hygra yeah exactly <laughs> she wants to just finish him peacefully yeah she's she's doing it, it I think because she also wants to prove like to impress him at the same time that's yeah. why she never told him the five point like she knew it yeah and because that's something that only Pai Ma, like paimei knew yeah other than her now like he didn't like even building and he was his protege. there you go and like he found out that moment that she knew it and he actually asked her why didn't you tell me i don't know that was the only reaction, that's the perfect reaction in that moment. To be honest, it is because it was literally just to impress. And then it's right at the end when the drive, when they're uh, when they're in the hotel room and she's just laying on the floor and she's crying oh. and she's laughing because she's done it. She's finished it, but what? A cost. And she's got a daughter. She does have a daughter now, and that's so sweet because, like, because then at the put, end it comes, it comes she up she with all the names. Him. It calls up all the names. And it's like um, Beatrice Kiddo, aka Black Mamba, aka the Bride, aka. Mommy, Aww. oh, But the thing is, like the entire time, she was fighting for her daughter, like for her life and for her daughter's life, mainly. Yeah, in memory of. Yeah, as like a, I'm going to get you because you did this to my daughter, my unborn daughter. Yeah. And so I feel like if it didn't have that, she would have immediately killed Bill, in the most gruesome fashion, possible. Yeah. But because he kept like she was alive and he kept her safe this entire time. I think that's why she gave him a mercy killing because yeah. she protected her daughter the entire time. Yeah, and I think that's just so sweet. It's such a oh, such a good movie. How the hell is Tarantino this good? We did it though. We did talk about five movies. We talked it? about five. Was it? Yeah, it was five. I forgot that we five were, movies. we talked about um, Jackie Brown because it's, it's <laughs> we not just, like we good. did something. Basically didn't <laughs> it's something about not it. like good. We basically did a play-by-play of Pulp Fiction, though. Yeah, we literally just constantly reference Pulp Fiction. Um was that, should we uh well we're not going to round up quite yet oh, yeah. no yeah because we're not obviously we're not finished obviously, obviously we we love the sound of our own voices obviously we're not finished yet obviously uh, we've got some uh got some recommendations got some recommendations Have you do you want to go first with the 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 one you watched um, Was it the one I watched last night? No, the what, the the what, the TV show you wanted to. The start TV. With. Okay, so this isn't a movie recommendation. It's um, a new show on Amazon. Um, it's called The Boys. The Boys it is basically a superhero movie. Well, superhero TV show, kind of parodying Justice League. Yeah, but if everyone's the worst. Yeah, it shows <laughs> like the bad side of what superheroes can do. Yeah, it shows what they're capable of as like taking advantage of their role in society. And yeah. I think it's so smart. It really It has is. some of the greatest moments in that movie because it's mm-hmm. literally, it flips it and comes entirely on its side. So it makes the American, yeah. like, because in superhero movies or in the movies in general, the British guy is always a bad guy in it. Yeah. Like the British guy, when you hear it, even in Deadpool, they, t- they make a joke about the British guy being the bad guy. Yeah. But they, they have that in this, but he's the anti-hero in a way or the anti-villain.
1: Because yeah. he's a bit of a...
0: He's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero. He's basically a superhero hunter. or bat- He's a bounty hunter, but he wants to go after the Supes. Uh, You're talking about Carl Urban? Yes, Carl Urban is uh, Billy greatest. Butcher. Billy Butcher. His accent's real bad, though. He, he it sounds. He, but it the flips. thing is, I love it so much. He, I, I honestly thought at first, I thought it was Australian. <laughs> and I was like no way good. he's doing a British accent because he says the, he says the C word a lot I love it he it's says so it good. so many times but to be fair that it is Britain that's yeah. Britain and um, Australia it's, it's and very one. gory it's very violent again is. this is probably an 18 it is an 18 uh, there's lots it, of sex it in it as well has a lot of really really interesting moments about Super Paris because like there's ah uh, I, I want to talk about certain parts, but I don't yeah, want to Yeah, we it. won't do spoilers because it, it it's only been our week and it is yeah. a TV show, so a lots of people like to hit the time. I do want to talk about... Like, I feel like you know which part I want to talk about. You're trying to mouth it to me? Yeah, plain. Oh, right, yeah. that bit. <laughs> that episode is... I found that hard to it, watch. It's very, like, should I just talk about it? Because it is such an important moment. Like to like to show you what kind of films. No. Um, okay, so something that's in the trailer, actually. Um so in the trailer, you see a character called A-Train. He is basically the flash. He's the fastest man alive in this. Yes. Um in the trailer you see him run into a woman, and that run- woman explodes into viscera and blood. That happens in like the first ten that's, minutes. That's like the first ten minutes of the show, and that's like the set off of the show. It just shows what superheroes could do for collat- as collateral damage, yeah, it's sh- like it doesn't show the good side because, like, there's a moment where you, they're talking to some disabled person, yeah, and like she's talking about how Homelander saved her, but then she says, I really wish he was more gentle with my spine, and <laughs> it's- like that bit is so dark, yeah, but it's so like it's. It just shows how powerful they are and how exactly. like careful they're not usually. Like yeah. in Superman, he smashes down onto the ground with Lois Lane on his arms. But yeah. she's absolutely fine. It's kinda like in um, Amazing Spider-Man two. When when he yeah, when he catches her yeah, and then she breaks back. her back. Yeah. Like it shows that side of it. But all the time, with yeah. every single one. The this, only person that isn't like that is the fake Batman. He just sits there, he just sits drinking there. A, like like a just drink through a straw with his mask on. He's hilarious. He's the best person in the world. He's so wholesome. <laughs> um, the the late Homelander's laser vision is amazing as well because he just slices through people. Oh yeah, it, is, it cuts things it off. It's gory. It's so gory. Um, Homeland is so unsettling as well because when you talk to him, you are scared because you honestly don't know because he could just he he's could, he's uh, invincible instant he could immediately. That, kill that, that's what would really happen if there was a Superman though. Exactly. You see, on all these things, is a sign of hope. No, you see, you see Superman coming, you you run. I would. You run the other way. Like, <laughs> Even the, if I'm this a guy, Superman. If you say if you like ask this guy for a selfie or something, and he says no. He say please. It'll be like he could just snap you. Yeah. He could just tear right through you and that's horrifying yeah that is horrifying and I think that's what like the boys does so well he shows yeah. that side of superheroes and also Simon Pegg's in it yes Simon Pegg is in it so you should immediately watch it yes he does a really bad American accent he does th- yeah actually it's not too bad yeah it's not too bad it's pretty good for like because he's done accents for like he did a Scottish accent in Star Trek which is really yeah. good yeah he was, he was great at Scotty he um th- there's also the the Laser Baby which is the laser baby. hilarious that's in a trailer so that's not full that's spoilers in the trailer. Um, we're just trying really hard not to but, but yeah you would recommend it though I would highly you. recommend it to anybody You've especially got especially fans of superhero movies I think you've got to be careful to who you recommend this to because to us we know what to expect but if you're I think you watch the first 15 minutes of the first episode yeah. if you're like oh I'm not sure about this turn it off Yeah, it will only get worse it, it gets a lot worse but if you like superhero movies, if you like or if you like superhero movies, and if you like kind of R-rated stuff, if you if you, you want to see this. something with something to say, like yeah. about human nature, yeah, then, then watch this. It's, it is a lot of fun, and it's also um, co executively produced by Seth S- Rogan. Seth Rogen. there you um, go. Um, the guy it's by the guys who brought you Preacher on oh Amazon. So if you've seen Preacher? Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's similar. It, 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 it is kind of similar. It's kind of similar in total. I really want to watch Preacher. It's got Me this too. fourth season out now. Yeah, hasn't it? it's final season. God. Right, um the the next uh, my recommendation for the week is a new film. Uh came out last week, Hobbs and Shaw. I've not seen it. You've not I seen do it. I really want to see it. Oh, for specifically at the moment in the trailer when he's jumping down the entire like <laughs> when he's like jumping off a building and then like Jason Statham is just in an elevator just looking at him. Yeah. It's it, right, so and it mouths. F you to th- it. This film is uh, part of the Fast and Furious film uh, franchise. It stars The Rock and Jason Statham, and it's and Dijouselba is the villain, and it's just so dumb. I love it. And he's Black Superman. And he's uh, Idris Elba is Black <laughs> Superman, as he says in the trailer. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I love that line. It's it's super. It's really silly. It's a lot of fun. The action re- scenes are really good. Well, to be fair, it's the director of the first John Wick and Deadpool and Deadpool spin. and Atomic Blonde. And so, so, no matter what, you expect great action. From exactly, you. and that's why I was it's still interested in this movie because the trail the trailers do give away so much. <laughs> do they? So much. <laughs> you see everything in those trailers. Jeez. But if you just keep that out of your mind, you will have fun. There are some really surprise, good fun, surprise cameos that are uh, that did make me laugh, and that's sort of introducing. The world to the next phase of. Ups well, and they, they have said that they want that. That's more like a stepping stone for like more spin-offs. Exactly for the Fast and Furious franchise. Exactly. Which- why? We've had eight movies in the Fast and Furious and Hobbs and Shaw. Are we getting a TV series, an animated TV series on Netflix? I think so. That is also canon to the show. There you go. Uh, into the movies. Well, it's just like, how many loves fil- it. we're getting everyone a nine Fast and Furious. Why do we need so much Fast and Furious? Cause, because the because the last one made a billion dollars in like, like eight days. Fast and Furious is becoming the new James Bond. Yeah. Like it's literally James Bond for millennials. Yeah. It's great. I love yes. it. Because it's it's just it's so much fun. I shut my mouth and I got loads of popcorn and I just did not stop. It eating does seem like a popcorn for the whole movie. film. I I yeah. I go to the cinema all the time, but I yeah. rarely buy popcorn. Yeah. I only buy popcorn when I know I'm seeing a big dumb action movie like this, and it's the perfect film to go watch pop eat popcorn with. To go I'd, watch popcorn. I'd yeah. recommend it to uh to anyone looking for a fun action movie this uh this weekend in the cinema, um, yeah there you go my dad hated it but um, that'll be on teen scene
1: yeah.
0: uh, they, don't worry it's funny and um, I have well we can't, We both then, kind of have one then, then this is a recommend slash kind of warning yeah to stay away so um, last night me and Zonda had a few drinks we did and we watched the 2019 Hellboy we did uh, it's real dumb It's real bad. It's so bad. You should watch it immediately. It's really, really (laughs) bad. You need to see it, though. It's overly long somehow. It is. It's only two hours. Yeah. But something like Hellboy should be an hour and a half. Yeah. But the thing is, like, they were going for an R-rated Hellboy. Yeah. The first trailer sucked. Yeah. The second trailer was insanely cool. Yeah, it was. But it showed off... Uh, all of the good bits it did and then the good bits that were showed said, up in the trailer were the ruined fi- by the movie it's the fact that r- so right at the end of the, the movie answers. there's a final scene and I said to you this is legitimately a really good scene it is <laughs> the final scene of the movie is really good Like, it's a, uh, if the whole film was like this it'd be I mean I don't think it. people are going to care about a dumb action buddy movie spoiler for the final scene we can literally just say that it's just a cool action scene yeah it's just a cool it's, action, it's scene. A action, sh- action scene it's a one shot action action scene Yeah, a bit but of CGI the, the violence an is an overuse of slow motion in my opinion The slow motion the violence in this movie is so ridiculously <laughs> over the top. There's so much beheading. There's I, so much. I uh, think blood. this is the the best movie to get drunk and like with your friends yeah. and watch and have a drinking game with because it's so. So we're gonna give you like some suggestions weird. for drinking. Yeah, we with. said uh, take a drink every time. Every time you hear the f word. Every time you hear the f word. Every time you see a, a severed head. Yeah. Every time there's just over violent. every time there's two and also go. I, I've got one every time you see Man Bear Pig Man Bear Pig <laughs> every <laughs> time man, you, every time you... Man Bear Pig swears <laughs> I don't know the guy's name but he's like some big boar basically if you've never seen South Park South Park is a show by Trey Parker master and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. but um, basically there's a character in the show um, called Man Bear Pig a man bear pig is literally described by Al Gore in the show as, as half man, half bear, half pig. There you yeah, go. Yes, three halves. Yes. Not not, not third, halves. <laughs> so, and he is literally just live action man bear pig with it's less so human strange. skin around him. There's and it's so funny. The, the second I saw it, all I thought was, if man bear pig. <laughs> cgi is a real problem in this movie (laughs) it is a real problem but the thing is i think it adds to the charm of how bad it is david harbour's really bless him trying his best but he's really overacting. there's some scenes that just make no sense like i I described a scene when this first came out on teen scene um in march in april even and i said like you know there's a scene where hellboy is getting in a he gets in a lift And then suddenly he's in this really foggy place. He gets out of the lift and then a house walks up to him with chicken legs. It sounds like a homeless man's fever dream, but I swear to God, this is what happens. He then gets in the house. A weird lady with like stick legs walks up to him and crawls onto a table where there's a feast of human child soup. He then tries to leave. (laughs) They make out. They have a little scrap. He falls out of the house and that's the end of the scene. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No, no, I, I will, I, I don't want to defend this movie, but it does. It tells him where to go. It, it tells him to go to Pendle Hill. I guess, and it also gives him a bit more information on her. But the thing is, this movie ends so abruptly it does (laughs) there's a scene in the trailer where you see him flying around hell with a massive halo and a flaming sword and it's amazing yeah and that is literally just three second clip in this entire movie yeah and it is so stupidly misleading there's a scene where you see a load of monsters killing a bunch of people in the trailer (laughs) for no reason reason. that is not (laughs) in the movie for any reason other than for the trailer to have more gore yeah to show that this is an R rated movie which fair enough Logan did that a bit like they had a lot of the gore but the thing is the gore in Logan is necessary to the story. Well, it's and not it, necessary to the story. It it's shows necessary to the character. The, it shows the world. It, it does. shows what kind of world. you And play. it also like the fighting in that is necessary to the story specifically. Like yeah. the the scene that you see in the trailer where you where he puts the claw through the guy's head yeah. in the wall, like he's trying to get to Professor Xavier there. Yeah. Because he's having another seizure. Whereas this is just. Whereas this is gore, literally just gore for the for sake of gore. gore. Yeah. But the gore is so. It's so it's bad. It's so CGI bad, goal. and I love it. I can't get an... You, you know how people always recommend you The Room by Tommy Wiseau? Mm. This movie is the room of action movies. Yeah. And I cannot wait to watch it again and again and again and again. we, and again did, and again we and again. did enjoy the soundtrack. See, the <laughs> there's, soundtrack... There's is. a Spanish version of Rocky Like a Hurricane. <laughs> there there's an entire ver- six-minute version of a Muse song. Well, to be fair, that Muse song is like, It's not a, just a six-minute. Like, they caught and like, chopped it in between... But it's the entire song um, "Psycho" by Muse. Absolute jam. It's a great song. Yeah. If you're into your rock and roll, I highly recommend you listen to that. If you like Radiohead a lot, I recommend you don't listen to that because Radiohead fans get really, really mad at Muse fans. (laughs) And Tom, like Tom York, the guy, like the lead singer of Radiohead, despises Muse. Okay. Uh, quickly, I know this is completely like, yeah, off, of, so, yeah. off of topic, but quickly, he's said that he hates music algorithms. You know, like Spotify and, and everything yeah. that just recommend you music because no matter what, it always recommends him Muse because he's listening to his own band. Mm-hmm. And he's just said that he despises it because of that. And it just makes me laugh so much because he hates Muse so uselessly much. Why? Why do they hate Muse? Because like, like they're similar to like the style of Radiohead. Like oh, they, right. do, they both do weird sounding music and they do. But, but the thing rock. is, Muse do it a lot more mainstream. Yeah, they do. Radiohead just starts screaming into a microphone and call it a song. Yeah, they do. Paranoid Androids real good though. Paranoid Androids good. Talk show host is great yeah. and Karma Police is an absolute banger. But the rest of it, he just Take goes and calls it a song. I'm a creep like that's that's a lyric I'm a creep is a lyric I'm a weirdo what the hell am I I doing doing what tune I don't belong anyway so Wait. Hellboy, Hellboy um, is bad. So the, watch it. The accents are real bad as well. The it, accents it? are so bad. There's one character who it's clear all of her lines were dubbed over. It really, because is. she, you, you never can see that she's her. not moving her mouth in one moment when she's talking. In, in many moments. There's also at the very start of it when Hellboy is talking on the phone with his dad. <laughs> yeah, but it's someone. It, it, this it scene was it added zooms It zooms in on his phone. With the call, you know how on your phone you get the call thing, and it shows the phone, like, the phone thing in a little green symbol, and then the phone, like, down in a little red symbol? Yeah. He's talking on the phone with his dad whilst that symbol is showing. So, he's, so, so he's clearly hanging up on his dad to say that he doesn't want to talk to him. But then he put it in at the like in post that he's talking to his dad on the phone. Why yeah. couldn't he just like it's fix so, it like quickly shoving it on there? It's, it's so, not that hard. It's Even so I can do obvious it. that that scene was added afterwards. Though, it's because, so because because there was a because he basically the dad then talks about why he's there. Yeah, and then he, Hellboy walks into this room and then describes why he's there. And then afterwards, I'm surprised when there's people there that the are sent his from his dad. And he's like, what? The, my dad wants me. He's like, well, yeah, you were just on the phone to him. Do you, what? What? There are so many moments. There's also some really, 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 really bad ghost CGI. <laughs> they look like little slimy people. They're so weird. If you've ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's an episode where Frank, um, played by Danny DeVito, starts crawling around on the floor covered in hand sanitizer. Yes, it looks like that, it does. but from Tom and Jerry, <laughs> it is literally that. Like, and It, it comes, comes out so mouth. It comes out of it the comes out of her mouth. mouth. Oh, it's so gross. It's so dis- like Ghostbusters from 1980s has much better ghost CGI than this. Yeah. Somehow, some random like I don't know, Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny has better CGI than this. Yeah, it does. It does. So yeah, don't watch Hellboy. It's real bad. No, also, watch Hellboy. Also do watch it because it's really watch funny. Watch it if, you, if you're into bad movies like The Room or Birdemic watch Hellboy because it is a blast if you it don't like the watching obvious. a bad movie for the sake of watching it honestly get drunk had, and watch it anyway we had so much fun we did we. we had so much fun watching it <laughs> oh my god um, right that's uh, I think that'll that do it? it yeah we talked about five movies including one we, we, we talked we about really eight about. we talked about eight things talked about eight things. eight things damn wow that's a lot of things that's a lot of things to talk about and we gotta talk about at least five more next month next month oh, next no. week oh no Got Paul with you for another like. Two I know hours it's crazy, week. right? Oh, um, David, God. you need to plug some things. I do need to plug some things. I'm allowed to plug stuff. You are That's amazing. So you are David French. I am David French. I am um, a up and coming independent filmmaker. There you go. Um, I'm a student at it, so don't expect the greatest thing ever, like Tarantino. <laughs> but I'm um, my Instagram is literally just at it underscore. David underscore French. There you go. And that's all I have currently. I'm curr- I'm going to set up a production um, like page on yes. Twitter, Facebook. Don't and tell everyone Instagram. what it is because they might steal it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to wait until I set it. Don't <laughs> worry. But um, yeah, I have a few ideas. There's links to the music video I did on there. The, the corporate stuff. On your I Instagram. Filmed. Yeah. The corporate that, I've, that I helped film um, have not been released because the people <gasps> who have done it. Uh, I've just not gone around to it oh, um, no the, I, I I I haven't asked why but I know I know one reason why I want this but anyway so you've got the music video there I have the music video there so um, and your but- short and your short film is on um, I don't have my show on there because I haven't done it do you have music. a YouTube channel with it on uh, maybe I can't remember yes you do I can't remember the name it's of called, it it's called David Spanish is it called David it's, it's called, called David, David Spanish? Spanish yeah because it's David French oh uh, yeah because I thought it was funny yes you did but it's not at all it's not it? funny at all it's really not yeah but yeah um, also the music video is by a band called uh, the music the song for the music video is by a band called the DDES. there you go um, it's like the lo- actual thing is from Dead Dog's Eyes it's a John Lennon song or Beatles song or okay I I, I think it, I, wait no it's, it's either Oasis or Noel or Liam Gallagher because the guy's obsessed with Noel Liam Gallagher okay um, he has the ring and everything cool but yeah um, go and check out the DVDs they are on Spotify and iTunes brilliant and on YouTube well uh, that'll do it for today guys uh, thank you David for coming in oh, thanks for having and me will see you next week for the second half of this Tarantino yes. Fest Um, please let us know what you think of this today Uh, go uh, if you send Taste Radio if you go to Taste Radio Facebook page send us a message just say you know add Xander's Film Podcast at any point during the message and it will get back to me um yeah let, let me know your thoughts on this if you like these you know retrospectives on filmmakers maybe we'll do more of them in the future with you know better guests we, yeah um. <laughs> but you're gonna have to have me on a few more there's a few yes, that we've, we've of course. We planned yeah we, I did yeah. promise you vaguely that we talk about Die Hard at Christmas well to be fair Die Hard is one of my favourite films Hard, I like Dick good. I love Die Hard Uh, thank you so much for tuning in guys and uh, yeah it's been quite a long one today but I will see you all next week on uh, Xander's film pod Xander's movie podcast even (laughs) thank you so much bye bye bye